What's going on, boys and girls? We have a terrific episode of Two White Lights for you today. We have our men's preview for USAPL Raw Nationals. One of the biggest meets of the year, and we are that much closer to it. Every single preview show, every single take, every single prediction, every single piece of analysis, we are getting closer to one of the favorite meets of the year. Solana, Steve, and I break everything down, give you our predictions, analysis, hot takes for the men's side. So, awesome episode. Make sure you're subscribing to Two White Lights on Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star rating and a review there. Leave a five-star rating on Spotify as well. And also go to twowhitelights.com. Get yourself some merchandise. Also, subscribe to the podcast there. And... Make sure you guys are visiting Leflaw Bros. Ladies and gentlemen, this episode is brought to you by Leflaw Bros. Make sure you use that promo code 2WL15 to save yourself some money on the best powerlifting merchandise in the sport. Follow them on Instagram and definitely check out that page. And without further ado, here it is. Two white lights. Oh, baby, I like it, boy. Yeah, baby, I like it, boy. And as promised, we are here with our second installation of our USAPL Raw Nationals preview. I'm joined by Solana and Steve. We're almost there. We're closer. Yes. Every word, every yes. second. We're we're almost there. Yeah. This, I mean, this, I mean, one more podcast, and then lots and lots of uh, stuff next week, coaching wise, to get it all ready, and then it's game time. It's just one of those things that you're just kind of ready. Most most of the most of the work's been done. Let's just get there. Yep. So. Yeah, everyone's got like two lifts left or three lifts left. It seems like three like important days left. Yeah, we might have tomorrow, Saturday might have some stuff that I mean, honestly, the people that for a lot of the guys, I don't know if there's gonna be a lot, but a lot, there's gonna be a couple people like tomorrow that or tonight or tomorrow that are gonna have a couple lifts and then it's gonna be done pretty much. Well, I mean, it happened today already, right? Like recording Friday. Yeah, right we've now. already seen it. Joe Bornstein too. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, so it's it, it's already happening. Yeah. Either way, we got at least. A, I feel like we got a little more insight for the men. Women, I already know multiple things that we got wrong. Maria Daly dropped out. That changed the whole lot awesome. on the discussion wow. for yeah. seventy-five kilo women. Uh, I want to say one thing. Becca Nunn's went off in her training last week, and I would change my projection if I had seen her training from that. There's a couple others too. Oh, Alicia Webb changed weight classes. She moved up to 100, so that, that made a little bit of a difference. And I think there's one or two other ones I made note of that I was like, yeah. Sounds like a journalism, lot. But I, I'm not going to take too much blame because it's just what happens when you got to do the show early and you don't have all your information yet. So, And but the people involved don't post either. So, Yeah, yeah. This is true. Getting into it, I'm going to repeat some stuff in case you didn't listen to the last episode, uh, we're obviously going to be talking about Raw Nass, but we also have pro series implications here for the finals. Um, on the men's side, it's kind of a bigger deal because 
like last year, we definitely had we had an exodus on the women's side of a lot of our, our top women on the USAPL side going over to Power of America and going over to IPF. Uh, this year, it's likely going to be more of the men. And so we're going to have a lot of openings here. I even notated some dots, though, because, I, I mean, if, if some of these lifts li- are these these lifters live up to the height, we're going to have I had six to seven people going 580 plus and maybe the highest dots of all time being done at this meet. Um, but either way, pro series implications, that's going to be a big deal of kind of where you place, uh, where you accumulate those points. And then we obviously got the apex pro being announced again. I'll reiterate if you did not listen to the last episode, the VA pro a couple months back got canceled and no longer exists. So the apex pro hosted by Brad Couillard is going to be that third meet. And that could be a pretty big deal because we have five, six of our top 10 on the men, uh, transitioning over to powerlifting America. Uh, that's going to leave some openings for people to be able to sneak in uh, and, and likely trickle down to spots 14, 15, 16, or something like that. So we'll see on that end. But otherwise, it's it's time to review the men. 52 yeah. kilo men uh, don't exist because there's no one eligible. Yep. Uh, there is only one, and Yadav, you should have signed up for Open. Congratulations, Yadav. You would have been Dav. the national Please championship in Open, too. Yeah, congratulations. I'm going to reiterate the same thing I said last episode. I, if you're a junior, sign up for Open as well. At this point, there's no reason no. just to be a junior. I wouldn't there's, even sign up no for more... I mean, yeah, records. That's the only thing I can think of, but might as well just sign up for both. If you're, you, if you're you, can sign, you can break the records even if you don't sign up. Yeah, I know. You can sign up for Open and break junior records. So yeah. it's, it's kind of almost pointless at this point because, I mean, just – Sorry, no, I mean, the, the junior national champ really doesn't hold prestige anymore because collegiates kind of well, has that. Also, and then on the junior side, there's no more worlds, also, so it doesn't really matter. They got rid of the junior primetime thing that, I mean, granted, like this year's nationals, I think they would have to do it because of how many lifters are doing it. But the junior primetime thing, like the winner of it gets a pro card. That's the only, That would have been a good incentive to throw in there, like the best junior yes. Gets a pro, and that's the only thing that I, would, I as a junior lifter, I would compete in the USAPL for. It's like okay, nationals, prime time, pretty cool. We get to kick it off, and on top of that, like being a pro lifter is still a good title in powerlifting. So, but they don't have that either. So, one and done with the junior prime time. Yeah. So yes. Yadav will win the juniors as long as he hits three lists, but no one will win the open because there is no one registered no one for the open. Yep. So 56. Yeah, 56. All right. I So I'm going to credit Newton here. So uh, kudos to Newton. Apparently, in the past, he's usually hit his training. And he very much noted that he was not hiding his training this year for the reason to bring light to this class. And kudos, Newton. Like, he's looking legit. I think he's probably going to be the first 56-kilo pro lifter. Um, we've got a couple other lifters here we'll talk about, but Newton's the heavy favorite. His trainings look fantastic. I mean, I think his last meet, he squatted 177 and a half and he just, I I've got him probably around like 195 right now. He just squatted 187 super easy. I've got him hitting probably a seven and a half kilo bench PR and like a 12 and a half kilo deadlift PR. It's going crazy. I mean, the only thing I don't know on his end, obviously 56 is a class that many times, just like 60 or 59 on the on the IPF side, it's a class that sometimes people do pretty heavy cuts into because a lot of people struggle to fit in these classes. I don't know if that's the case, and maybe that's why his numbers were lower in the past. But if I'm just taking his gym numbers, they look fantastic. Um, I believe he should. Is he in? Yes, he'll, he'll be the only lifter 
in prime time from the 56s, and deservedly so, because I, based on what he's got here, I, I very much have him winning, and I think he will be the first 56-kilo lifter to win a pro card. And 562.5 would be competitive even in the 60-kilo class. That would probably challenge maybe top four to top five. So, yeah, I really like what I see from Newton, and a master's lifter, too. Yeah. So uh, he, he may have some in-one chips, which I don't really think he necessarily needs. I think he's got the advantage just based off the strength alone. Uh, we'll talk about Tristan. I think Tristan is the one other one that could have a have a pretty decent chance to kind of hang in there. But Newton's Newton's got to be the uh, the favorite here. Yeah, I I would agree, but also just echo what you said, Steve. I love it. I really like that he's just posting more in order to get notoriety, not for himself, but the entire class, so people can actually go and view in and knowing that you know two white lights. Pretty much us. That's it. Um, I don't think any other podcast really covers like other weight classes like within this low and are that are this low. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You're right. His training is legit. He's a fantastic lifter. So I believe I saw him compete last year. Um, the name does stick out to me, and the lifts do stick out to me as well because I believe we brought up on the live stream many times that he is a master's lifter, um, doing some pretty uh, good work. Um, yeah with all of his numbers here. So, uh, yeah, very excited to see this. You both said it. His training is going off. It looks crazy. I'm happy he's posting. Him and Tristan are only two people who are posting. So, <laughs> at least we have some posts happening. And then when it comes to Chris Yem, I've seen not one singular post for the year, but just based off of really last year's numbers, I still have him. I have him at... Third, just based on his 522.5 total. Tristan, I have him looking at like a 535 total. I saw him hit a 175 by four squat. He did SPD day like a week ago. It was 182.5, 117.5, and 205. And they were all looking easy. He does 210 for a double. That was like six weeks ago, but it looked really easy. So I have him pretty much getting five kilos above his best squat. Uh, two and a half above his best bench press, and then probably like 10 kilos on his best deadlift because he was at 212 before, and he doubled 210. Mm-hmm. And then you mentioned he had some chips. How old is he? Who? I think he's just right. He's just open. Yeah, he's just regular oh, okay. open. Uh, Chris, Tristan, and Yash are all just open. And then we had two team lifters. Uh, uh, who obviously are not going to be in the discussion for the open division. Yeah, I mean, Newton, Chris, and Tristan are kind of separated. Yash, um, I mean, barring, he, I mean, he's not posting, barring he's done something significant progression-wise. It's going to be tough. But, uh, yeah, looking at everything, Tristan's training's gone well. I actually saw, I don't know, maybe it was last block, I saw him squat 195, uh, bench 117, and deadlift 215. So I had, him, I had even his deadlift a little bit higher than I think he did. But either way, 540 kilos for him. I had Newton around like 560-ish. Um, and then Chris, since we don't really have any information, hasn't really posted in the last year. Five twenty-two and a half is what he did in December. So uh, I mean, that's kind of where I've got him. But Newton's going to be the favorite here, and him being in prime time uh, is going to be bringing it to light. And like Angela said, like if Newton doesn't post, I don't know if we really talk about fifty-six that much because there might not be anything to talk about. We would yeah. literally have nothing on Newton. We had nothing on Krim, nothing on Yash, and then like a couple days versus Tristan. So again, yeah. post your lifts. Like this whole the, the strategy of hiding your lifts, I, it it doesn't help anyone. It doesn't, same, it doesn't give you a strategic benefit, and it only benefits the lifters doing it for the reason of getting. Uh, not for us. I'm talking like sponsors too. I know for a fact sponsors want to see you posting that kind of stuff. Yeah. Wait, hold on. 
I'm thinking of the same Yash here, right? I, this is funny because I the guy who I expected to post the shit ton hasn't posted anything. I did. the Yash kid is in like every every New Jersey video, like in the background, like hearing people on going crazy, and now it doesn't post your own lifts. Maybe I just expected a it. Account we don't know about. Oh, maybe. Again, this is, this is, no. Yeah, maybe, or maybe <laughs> it's just hiding in the shadows. Cliche, something to do with strategy like that's because of all the guys i expected that dude to post a lot the small yeah and i haven't seen it so well we'll see again one thing I, them, hopefully one random okay. thing i found throughout the research is there's a direct correlation of people steve blocks and lightweight men there it, I, the, the most amount of people i researched that i had blocked were on the lightweight men's side so apparently that's a thing that i my a hater i guess but either way i'll go first I think it's pretty much already said. I think we're all going to have the same thing. I got Newton in first, uh, Tristan in second, and Chris in third. Yeah, ditto. I can't give Chris second without seeing a lift. So same. I duplicate that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I I would just go with that as well. And we know where Yash is. Is not there. Yeah. So. All right. Sixty kilo men. This is going to be an interesting one mm-hmm. because with Oscar leaving. This becomes, it, 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 in the sense of, like, competitiveness of, like, one through three, there are four people who could win, and it wouldn't surprise me at all. Like, I, I have I have four people between 575 and 585, uh, and the person that I have at 575, honestly, is Kurt Navarro, because I, I, he hasn't posted a lot of his top-end stuff, so I don't know where he's currently at. Uh, but between Kenneth, uh, JC, Kurt, and Kwaku, uh, this is going to be a very, very close battle. Uh, I had, so one thing that was not, let me look back up on the registration on win was ranked higher, but I couldn't find the total. Okay. So he had five sixty two and a half. and a half. Let me look this back up again. Salon, you can jump in while I'm looking this up. Cause I want to, I, I, I couldn't. <laughs> you should look it up. Cause I couldn't tell if I got the right person. There was too many. Uh, these these and this. these on wins <laughs> cause us a lot of confusion because yes. just a little update from the previous episode. Um, Annie Win would like to be called Annie Win from now on, and not the names he has on lifting casts and USAPL, which is confusing all of us. But yeah, it's Annie Win. But then I see on win on here. Actually, like that's how you pronounce this dude's name, and they're like in the same weight class too. Just flipped. This confusion okay. all over the place. I found the I found the correct numbers now. I found the right person. So and they've kind of gone back. So on just he did in April. He hit five sixty two and a half. Then he went to USPA and competed USPA drug tested nationals back in July. So very recently he went five forty seven and a half. But I, I I think none of us found. I think I found his Instagram, but it never really posted. Uh, so just didn't really have much information there. And based on the fact that he just recently did a meet and we didn't see that uptick from five sixty two and a half, he very well could be in it. I just, I just don't have very much information. So it really comes down to Kenneth Imperial, in my opinion, JC, Kurt and Kwaku. Kenneth, I think he's got to be the favorite going in. Uh, he got second last year to Waskar. He's been a perennial competitor in this 60 kilo class. Um, and his training has looked really good. The person, though, JC, I think could have a massive beat. I just don't know what he's going to do because it's a private account, so I couldn't really see anything. But seeing his progression, I would not be shocked to see a big jump. 
The person that for sure, though, based off of what we can see on Instagram, has made a huge jump is Kwaku. I mean, he hit, and hopefully I'm saying this right. No, you're not. Uh, it's his, Kwaku. His name, but... Kwaku. Kwaku? Yeah, Kwaku. Kwaku. It goes by Matthew. That'll make things right. easier. I, I had he do it five... wrong eight times before I corrected you, but continue. <laughs> Thank you for letting me do that. Thanks. So, Kwaku. Start it or death. It's hard. Five... Zoom. Oh, my God. See, it's hard. See? It's annoying, right? I, that's why I don't do it. Continue, Steve. <laughs> he hit 547 and a half. And what he squatted 192 and a half, and he just squatted 200 in the training. In training, he deadlifted 227, and he recently just tripled 230. So I've got him making a massive jump into the 580s, and it's going to be interesting because him, Kenneth had both big poles, but think uh, Kurt Navarro has the biggest pole. Yeah. He's definitely going to have the last say there. But um, yeah, I'll let someone else go. But I mean, Kwaku. Uh, is the biggest riser, in my opinion, from what I've kind of seen here, and really has the training momentum leading it. It seems like every single post he has, he's just getting better. Yeah. Uh, it would make sense, too. I remember commentating one of his meets at Collegiate Nationals, and he did really, really well. Um, really a young lifter, but I just I just remember it sticking out to me just how well he was able to compete at a young age. And... Um, this meet, I think, is going to... I mean, he's a guy who seems like he's dedicated and kind of trying to make that progression into a national champion. I think a lot of people say it, but it's a very... You know, it's not as common as when people actually replicate it. So that's a guy I'm probably going to be spotlighting pretty highly on. Um, and especially because I've seen Kenneth and Kurt compete before. Um, you know, actually, Kurt I've seen compete quite often. Uh, Kenneth... The, the sockless wonder uh, from last year's Nationals. He was somehow able to take a deadlift without socks. That was probably the thing that stuck out to me the most. And he does. Wow. Yeah, that was crazy. I'm like, oh, you can go back on the Nationals thing. We just were pretty much screaming the sock gate scandal that rocked uh, USAPL for about 15 minutes. Um, but he does the sp- he's a guy that does the splits right after the lifts. He does that little dance move. It's Kenneth, right? Yeah, Ken- Kenneth. Yeah, yeah, that's Kenneth. Kenneth yeah. yeah, he's so he's a showman out there. Um, I I do think it's Kenneth's to lose. Um, but really, yeah, Quaku I think is, I what I'm seeing is a lot of built momentum that could have him, uh, bringing home gold. Yeah, I basically yeah, I agree. Quaku's trans going off. It was cool to watch. That 200 squat moved really really well, especially with best being 192.5 before. So just great momentum. 230 by three deadlift I have, so that's already passing his best ever in competition. Well, like, it's cool to watch him for sure. I wish we had more data and <laughs> on certain people. Like, Kenneth, you, you wrote down numbers I did not see. He has a lifting account. Okay. That's it's in his bio. If you look if you look at his bio, he has the lifting account in his bio for from his personal one. Hashtag bad job. Um... <laughs> But regardless, I'm also excited. Kurt is fun to watch, too. I'm excited to see him. I, I'm i seeing a lot of posts that are, like, sub-max. But I know his last meet looked easy. So I definitely have him getting a solid, like, 10 kilos in that total. And I don't think that's saying anything that's too crazy. Yeah, Kurt's, uh, Kurt's uh, working with Sean now. So difference in coaching, ah. too. Oh, okay. uh, again, hard, it's all been high rep stuff. So I have no idea how that translates to be able to kind of get a comparison of kind of work her strengths at. And then the fourth person is my biggest walker. So JC Emmanuel Mbimba, he competed in 2019. 
hit a 512 kilo total, did not compete again until October 2022, hit a 572.5 total, and then hasn't competed since then. Every meet he's done, there's been big gaps in between, and he's hit like 50-plus kilo PR totals. I, I, I have no idea what to expect here. It, again, it wouldn't shock me. I mean, based on the trajectory of where he's gone, if he comes out and hits like a 600-kilo total, would not shock me at all. I just I, It's really, really hard to kind of gauge where he's at. His bit, He definitely is the one that's going to have the biggest subtotal. He's probably going to have the biggest squat, maybe the biggest bench. Um, and then it's going to come down to the fact that it's likely uh, Kwaku, Kenneth, and Kurt are going to have abilities to pull. But I, 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 we could have four pulls for the win. I think this is going to be just a really, really competitive class. And even looking at these numbers, too, I mean, this is pretty competitive worldwide. Because if you take out Waskar, that like 580 to 600 is where most of the other people are stacking up right now. So this is a really, really deep class competitively, not just in the USAPL, but worldwide as well. Yeah. So. What are you ready? Getting to some predictions? Yep. Yeah. All right. I will start. I'm going to give Kenneth first place. I'm going to give Kurt second place. And I'm going to give Kweku third. I'll go Kenneth first, JC second, and Kweku in third. I'm going to have Kwaku first, Kenneth second, and Kurt third. I'm happy to be the only JCE fan because, again, I think he might end up winning. I'm happy to be on his good side, at least calling him second. I, I, if I've seen some posts, maybe maybe even a first. But, yeah, again, this could be a real – we have a couple classes here that are really close in regards to multiple people being able to win, and this is definitely one of them. So. Yeah. I think the med side this year is definitely kind of well-rounded as far as potential winners. Yep. And one of the highlight classes, in my opinion, is next is the 67.5 kilo men. Yes. I'm going to say it. This this going to be harder to win 67.5 kilo men at USAPL Nationals than it is to win it at Worlds. Absolutely. Um, I, I second I, that. I saw, I, I saw a post. About talking about one of these lifters already looking forward to power, like not them, but a repost page already saying looking forward to powerlifting America and the battles with Brian Lee. Brian Lee, if I put him in here, I, I might have him third because Morgan and Dan, I, I'm still putting them one two in the world in regards to 66 and 67 well, and a half kilo men. I mean, I, I could have last year best. too. It's not like we don't have precedent. I mean, it, that's what that's what happened. And Brian Lee going into the meet was was on one um you know i know he had some injuries going in but yeah i i'm looking at it last year i had morgan garcia as my best 66 67 and a half kilo lifter in the world dan clemens since about 2020 has been my best 66 kilo lifter 67 and a half kilo lifter in the world as well um and now the supporting cast is so strong i mean with the the addition of austin nikolai who's just been going off and he is going to be an absolute force. And Charlie Yang is always just like, he's, he's a funny guy. Cause he's a former national champion, but he's a sleeper in many ways. Cause I know just, you know, past injuries and, and, and training. Uh, but he's as game as anyone really. I, I think no. four people, four people could go 700 plus. The question mark you didn't mention, because I have no idea, is Luke McCain. 
Yeah. If he goes 700, it wouldn't shock me. He just hasn't posted. If you don't know who Luke is, he's coached by Matt Holden as well. And I think he's still a team lifter. We've talked about him on the podcast before uh, about like him being like a prodigy in this class. Uh, and Matt's posted about their training. It's a very different training method just because of how young he is and whatnot. Um, he doesn't really post, so I don't know what to expect. But I mean, I, I really think based on the trajectory of his progression, Wait, what's he's going to add another. Uh, hmm? Let me see. Luke's. Well, I just, I remember seeing his meet from March and it looked like every third attempt was like a second attempt to me. So it wasn't even 60, like. Oh, okay. I, I see him. 67X Luke. Okay. So yeah, I mean, he wouldn't shock me if he comes out and does something crazy. I don't think he's going to be in the running to challenge Morgan, Dan, and Austin. I think that would be a pretty huge jump for him to get in like that 710 plus range. But coming back to really the favorites. I think it's got it's going to come down for top end between Morgan and Daniel. I think Austin is right there. It's just the fact that I think either Dan or Morgan is going to have a top end that's not quite touchable. And it's always the big question mark. We always underrate Morgan because he doesn't post, and we have no idea what's going on. This year I'm not going to underrate him. I'm eventually going to pick him to win because I refuse to be on the wrong side of this again. But Morgan consistently has come back year after year after year and made progress. I mean, I expect another 10 kilos added. So 725 ish. The big question is that I kind of have a better idea of what to expect with Morgan. Dan has these big, has these ups and downs and it really comes back to his deadlift. When his deadlift is on, he's untouchable. Like no one can touch him. Um, What he did at the VA pro. I don't think Morgan can touch that, but Then we see Dan at Nationals, and we see Dan at the Arnold, where he has issues with his deadlift, and he's touchable. And that's the big question is which deadlift shows up. I mean, strength-wise, his deadlift looks like it's an all-time best. I mean, he just hit 705 on deadlift, 320, on like a variation. I forget what he called it. It was like a delayed deadlift. So it was an actual variation deadlift, and he hit 320. If he hits 320, he's winning. Let's do the variation. It just doesn't happen in the meet because he seemingly – two things happen. One, he, he has random grip issues, or two, he's really, really super sensitive to positioning, which is why I think they were doing that delayed variation. So it comes down to that. I think Morgan is a bit more consistent of what we're going to expect, but Dan is like either he's going to have the ceiling that's untouchable or he's going to come out and he's going to have the same deadlift issue again, and that's going to leave the door open for Morgan and even possibly Austin. Yeah. Completely agree. Like when it comes to Dan – his squat's also doing really well right now because he just hits a PR 245 by three. So that's also trending up. But his deadlift is like the biggest question mark. So if he hits it, it's going to be pretty much a wrap. But if he doesn't, we will we'll see Morgan. We'll see Austin really close behind. Morgan, like you said, he doesn't really post, but like with the big trends he has, like I have my like a 727 to like 730 total, and that would not shock me at all. Charlie, I love watching Charlie. I feel like if Charlie was like extremely committed to powerlifting, he would be even more of a threat because he's he, like he's getting really big numbers right now, but like it just started to pop and it's so close to me. So Charlie, you know could, I think he 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 could be a national champion. It's just, I mean, I think he's pretty open. Like I, he doesn't train the same way year round. He gets closer to a meet, numbers take off, and he's he it crushes it. So. Um, he, he could be in there. I mean, if someone has an off day, I think Charlie can go around 700 and can kind of sneak in. Austin is a, is someone that I, I'm really confident that he's just going to go in. He's probably going to hit all his lifts. Like the, the, I think one of the things with Austin is he doesn't, I don't want to say gimmick, but he doesn't have any like 
oddities in his technique. He's going to conventional deadlift. He has no issue on depth. He doesn't have like a highly, highly technical high arch bench. I think Austin is going to go in there and hit around 710 to 715. Um, I've seen some lifts that he hasn't posted. Uh, I'm not going to say what they are because obviously he was hiding them, but they're big. I mean, I, I, I told some other people, I can't tell you what the lifts are, but I will tell you if Austin was competing in worlds right now, I would pick him to win over, over anyone else. And that tells you what I think his total and his lifts are going to be. I just don't, like I said, though, I think it's harder to win nationals than it is to win worlds right now because of Morgan and Dan. I think they're the best two. I think Austin's going to challenge them. And I think uh, I think Austin is going to powerlifting America next year. So we're not going to see kind of the full fruition of them all going head to head once I think Austin's going to be in that range. But I think by next year, Austin would probably be challenging to win this. Um, it's just a matter of it's, it's probably a little bit too high of a ceiling to beat both Morgan and Dan, barring that they have some issues meet day with uh with lifts and, and missing well, that's that's kind of my thing too is i yeah because i've been seeing the work from austin it's been fantastic um but it's the tall order of beating both guys on the same day because i look at i look at dan and he's this guy who's just always like if, even if he misses a squat and bench he is going to be in the competition because of his potential deadlift so he can kind of just put himself in a second place there because if he hits that second deadlift, he's probably there. Um, and Morgan's a guy who hits, it's probably going to go eight for eight and he's going to have to, he's, he's a concise lifter who I think understands the, um, the battle aspect or the matchup aspect of powerlifting where he knows what his strengths are and he knows what his weakness is and his weakness would be more along the lines of a deadlift, um, you know, comparatively to everyone else. So yeah, like Austin is, is just a fantastic lifter. Um, I just don't know if he takes out both. I think he, I there's the possibility of him taking out one or two, because I th- I've been thinking a victory over Charlie would be big. Yeah, I mean, podium podium would be huge for Austin because I, I I think he's going to be one of the biggest breakout stars of this meet because not only is he going to possibly get top three, I mean, he's going to put up numbers that are, like, insane for any federation. Yeah. So, um, and one thing I'll say about Dan, too, I think this might be the healthiest he's coming into a meet because he, he has had some adductor slash hip stuff, I think, on squat. He's had some pec stuff on bench. I think right now he's actually feeling good. Like, I mean, I'm we've been kind of waiting for Dan to have that super meet at 67 and a half. Cause when he did the, uh, when he did VA pro, he, if, he did, if people didn't know, he purposely weighed heavy. Like he could have made weight, no problem. And done what, like 740, but he purposely weighed heavy so that he didn't chip records. Uh, a la same thing Sean did. Uh, so yeah, it's just really just going to come down to, I, it, it's all going to come down to what does Dan's pull do? Cause I think Morgan's going to go 725 ish. And I, I think that's just going to happen. I think Austin's going to go 710 to 715-ish, and that's just going to happen. And it's, what does Dan do? Does he go 720 and miss some deadlifts, or does he go, I, I've got Dan's top end at 747.5. I think he can do a 747.5 right now. If not even more, I honestly think I have his deadlift conservative because I just I just want to be safe there, knowing that it can be iffy sometimes. Yeah, we'll see if he can do it. That's always been a thing. I think we've always been, since that winter record meet, we've been like, Dan has the potential of doing something absolutely insane within this weight range that not a lot of people are going to be able to touch. And 
meet the execution has come back to bit him. Bite him. One thing I do need to say that gives Austin a nod up, uh, specifically for this podcast, is he is a Cardinals fan. Yeah. So hopefully yeah, that bad juju doesn't rub off on him because the Cardinals are a joke. They are an absolute. We could have one bad joke. year after like a hundred years of dominance. No, but it's okay yeah, to have one bad year. Yeah, hundred years of dominance. Yeah, uh, they've had series wins in the Cubs in the past like twenty years, but whatever. Uh, they're a joke. Cubs got one World Series when we were in the 2000s. This decade. Within the, the, pa- I mean, within the time the Cardinal fans are talking about how good they've been, they so have not been, they have not thing. really been as successful as the Cubs. Since 2010. That sounds like a, a, a Cubs cope, but okay. Yeah, it sounds like uh, you're in you denial what? right now of sucking ass. Because <laughs> right now the just Cardinals are a year, joke. Just this year, for one year. Yeah. One year we With Paul Goldschmidt, Wilson Contreras, Nolan Arenado, you guys suck. Austin, you're a great lifter, but the baseball team you support sucks. They're terrible. They're brutal. They're a joke. Cubs won again today. All right. By the way, Picks. 10 games over. Picks. Dan first. Right. <laughs> I'm going. You got Dan for okay. first. Morgan for second. And Austin for third. I'll go. Right. I'll go. <laughs> um, okay. I got Dan Clements first. I mean, if it bites me again with Morgan winning. I mean, what else is new? Might as well just keep happening. It's fun. Every time we see each other, he might be able to say an insult to me, which is always a good time because I think the, our, like our past five interactions, that's what it's been. Um, and I'm going to go I'm gonna go Austin. Hopefully. I mean, he, if he gets right. third, he'll be finishing better than the Cardinals will this year because I think they're in fourth. Wow. Yeah, probably. Probably. <laughs> All right. I am not going to do it again. I'm not going to underrate Morgan. For a couple reasons. One, I legitimately think he can win. And then two, he's so nice every single time he calls us out. Like, if he was a dick, I would I would be happy to always just continually make him second. But no, he's so nice. He's one of my favorite people every single time I talk to yeah. him. We're, in all so, honesty, we're kind of the dicks in this situation because I've always said something like negative about Morgan. <laughs> accidentally and dan dan is also like the sweetest guy yeah both of them are like so competitive once they get on the platform but they're just like they they, they're they're probably gonna like hug each other and then just like talk afterward like they're just so nice they're so nice i can never i can never get a read on dan if i'm being honest i know he's very nice but he's a he's a pretty quiet guy that i don't know he's got that like quiet guy who could fuck up an entire room if he wanted to vibe to him probably but I'm going Morgan first. I, I, I just don't want to be on the wrong side of this again. I, I 100% do believe, and I will say, Dan has the higher top-end potential. There's just been too much back and forth, and Morgan, his consistency has been there. The projection and momentum year after year has continued to go where uh, it's leading to where I think he's going to win it. So I'm going Morgan, Dan in second, and then Austin in third. All right. 75. Yeah, 75 kilo men, which I think similarly internationally, we got uh, one hell of an order, one hell of a lineup. I can take pretty much all these guys and I think put them, I mean, well, not all of them, but I mean, a lot of them. I can put them, a lot of them into an IPF world situation and they'll be battling. But 
Austin Perkins right now is kind of removing the Taylor Atwood effect that's been on this weight class for a while, and he might turn it into the Austin Perkins effect. When he's so so good, he's so good right now. Well, when I was starting to project numbers, it scared me, and I kind of actually backed off. Like the numbers I was thinking he could do, I kind of pulled back because I was like. I think he can do this, but I don't even know if he'll try to do that. Like, I, I legitimately thought, based off of numbers I saw, and if we're looking at the rep work he did last time, if you told me he did 860, I, I wouldn't bet against it. I mean, I don't, I don't know the plan. I mean, obviously, it's got to beat Taylor's record, but, like, I feel like he has – he might have Taylor's record almost on second attempts. Yeah, I remember you telling me this, and I was – it was like the existence of a nuclear bomb. It's like, no, no, come on. Can't be that powerful. And then it's like, oh, I think you're right. It was the squat in particular because the squat, I was like, oh, yeah, he'll probably squat 700. And then I thought about it. I was like, he just hit 661 for three, and I don't yeah. know if I can rate the RPE on it. Like, I don't – like, the third yeah. rep of 661 looked like an opening attempt. Yeah. And, and or to depth, too, which that yes. was yes. – he was hitting these monster squats – for the Virginia Pro prep, but they weren't to depth. And I'm like, once he gets his rebound, he's going to probably be at a 300 if he's lucky range. I kind of predicted him at 290 to 295 at the Virginia Pro, but I don't know where the limit is based on his, yeah, like what you said, his squat. And there's a so, so fast and so yep. explosive. And, He's got such good control of it now, too. It's scary. Yeah, I've got him squatting 320, but if he did that for a second, it wouldn't shock me. Like, I, the, the scary thing is I thought he could maybe squat 335, and I almost, I was hesitant to put that on paper because it didn't seem like that could be real. I mean, I just wouldn't even try it just because of the implication of he's going to potentially take a record that was deemed untouchable uh-huh. by people two years ago and now it seems to be very touchable yeah i think at the end yeah, of the I mean, day he should just go in and simply beat taylor's total and not try to like blow it out the water like i think he should just like beat it by like five kilos <laughs> the the only difference the, yeah well yeah the only difference is here I mean, even if you still beat that total by five kilos, he has the best 83 kilo total of all time. I know. <laughs> I, I mean, oh it, it's ridiculous, I think. Right? Yeah. Is it 844 yeah. the best? Was it 844 from Russ? 843. 843. Oh, 843. Okay. So, yeah. So, if he does that, he's the best 83 kilo lifter of all time, which hurts me just emotionally. <laughs> and it just, it's an emo- emotional damage right there. Um,. I actually lost my train of thought on... Oh, wait, look, the difference here, I remember going into Nationals where Atwood was able to have that super meet that really none of us expected. That's, I guess, the difference here is we're expecting Austin to do it. That means there's more pressure on him to do it, which is a really crazy situation to be in as a lifter because he's so ahead of the game right now. The only thing is Taylor Atwood's previous numbers. But if he like he's one of those if you don't get eight thirty nine 
at this meet, you know, you dropped the ball in a lot of people's eyes, and that's a crazy prospect to me. Atwood didn't have to deal with that. Atwood was, he's probably going to total something insane. I think we predicted on that previous show of like 825, and that was insanity. Like, that was absolute, that's an absolute monstrosity that no one's going to touch. And he blew that out of the water. So yep. that's the difference. The, the thing I'll oh, put out you there. Think that's, I was gonna say, you think that's more pressure than having like a head-to-head battle with five people who are literally right there in front of you and you're trying to beat them? Who? who, like who what else are we talking about in that case? Austin, just like well, no, well, not, I'm just kind of talking like in general. Like, I don't. Which one's harder? I don't know. I honestly don't know because it's it's weird because Perkins has never been in a head-to-head weight class battle legitimately because Atwood pulled ahead so clearly against him um and then also atwood you know in the past he has but then recently he was able to coast and this year was the head-to-head battle that he hasn't gotten his weight class in a really really long time so like none of them are i mean both of them like kind of looking at it it's it's not like it's not like a keiko right it's not like a keiko situation where he's constantly in a head-to-head battle so i don't know i i am not in this position of perkins and really no one else is. Maybe aside from Jesus Oliveris, where it's like, if you don't do the most insane thing, then maybe it's like you're falling short of your goal at a meet. And that really doesn't apply to any other lifter. Right? Like, Russ has these 9 for 9 meets, but he goes like 10 kilos over his last PR, and yeah. it's close to the 74 kilo all-time record. Right? So no one else's experiences, I think, aside from those two. Maybe Alexis Jones on top of it. Maybe occasionally Leah. I don't know. I'll say definitively it's less pressure to chase a total when you have no competition than direct head-to-head. Yeah. And I think the proof is in Atwood always being able to kind of go underneath his limit, go nine for nine, and then we see at Sheffield and we see at Worlds when he actually has to try, he starts missing. So, I because legitimately with Austin, I think he can go 845 and leave – plenty in the tank and i don't think that's that there's pressure but i don't think that's pressure as if he's going head to head with someone who's just as good and i think my second storyline here that i'd have to debate is i said if jesus breaks ray's record and especially by how much he broke it i said that was the greatest performance in history and nothing can top it i think the number where i have to start discussing for austin is 855 i think if he goes 855 i've got to start saying i don't know which one's more impressive i I don't know. I just so I, I I think just based on ridiculousness, that's more impressive. It's just ridiculous. How much did, I, I, how much I, did Jesus I, break the total by? Like twenty five something kilos, I think. Okay. But this is a different. It's a go, different situation. Because I think you got to look at first, second, and then third. Right, like you have to look at you have to establish a precedent of the ranks here, so it would be. Atwood at one, Perkins at second, and then like it's Atwood and Perkins essentially the only guys who are totaling over eight hundred at seventy four kilos and seventy five kilos. And if Perk goes eight fifty five above eight thirty eight, which was deemed to be untouchable by a lot of people, yeah, I would have to put him in the same conversations. Um, maybe we can turn that into a stupid sports debate that you can't prove, and we'll just argue about it illogically and with no real direction in the argument either we can do well, that the difference for me is, <laughs> is, like is the fact is 
The difference for yeah, me is the that fact too. that 75, 75 kilo men's under the threshold before steroids takes over. Yeah. Yeah. Like, all of the all of the best 75, 74s are natural because frankly, if, if you take steroids, you're just not going to be in that weight class anymore. So once we get above that, we start seeing like the 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 all-time records on open powerlifting being mainly dominated by people who take steroids. So what's so insane about Jesus to me is he's in a weight class that he should have no chance to be the all-time greatest, and he blew away Dan Bell's record. That's what's insane to me, that yeah. he's in a class that should be heavily aided by steroid use, and he's the best. But okay. either way, yeah. Pop's going to do something crazy. Second place, I think, is wrapped up pretty much, too. I think it's Bornstein. And Bornstein mm-hmm. just had himself a day. Um, he just hit a 275 squat that looked not that hard. He's benched 187 and a half. I think he had 190 to 192. Um, he deadlifted 325, I believe it was, or 320, and it moved super well. And then he missed whatever his top end was. Either way, he D- he DM'd me these before he posted them. And then I said, I've got you at 800. And I think that's probably what you're shooting for. He just went same here with a thumbs up. And that's where I've got him. I had a, I mean, 275, 190, 335, sometime a picture of that. I've got him right at 800, which would be amazing. I mean, that's that. I mean, take away the fact that. Perk and Atwood have done what they did, and that I mean that's the great that's the best. I mean it's eight hundred really likely should kind of be the threshold when you're talking about. I mean it's just that Perk and Atwood have just been this massive outlier that have kind of somewhat ruined this class for everyone else. But Bornstein goes eight hundred, and he's the second best seventy five seventy four in the world right now. Then it for me, I mean this will be pre this will be um, pre uh, not preview. It'll be uh, a recap talk what he does afterwards like what the, is because i know he's been tinkering with going up a weight class for since i talked to him in vegas but it's like you total 800 which would be like you said would be insane um i don't I, again we're ruining that number with the 75 74 kilos because of what perkinette would have done throughout their career but this would make him the clear third i think best 75 kilo lifter of all time um, but it's like, what do you do afterwards? Do you go and try to take a chance at Austin, at Atwood, at uh, Carl, at all these lifters, at Tim, um, and the IPF route? Or do you just maybe maybe stay in the weight class, rack up some money for the Pro Series, uh, go up a weight class, see if you can go and you know uh, move some numbers against you know Jamar and the people in the US? It's it's that's that's more recap talk. I, think- I don't know. I mean, I, this is just my opinion. This isn't any bias because I don't care where people go, but I think Joe likely would be best suited to stay in USAPL because if he tries to go 74, he's going to have to try and beat Perkins to get a spot on the world's team. If he goes 83, he's going to have to beat Russ and whoever else goes, and likely he's not going to have enough time to get the benefit of the weight gain yet. Yeah. So he just he seems like someone perfectly set up to just stick in this setup right now. And I and go to the pro finals and possibly have a good chance at winning it. Yeah, I would say yeah because I was like go light eighty two and a half, which he will be. I don't. He will be if he decides to go up a weight class, he'll be a light eighty two and a half, or he can just do things at seventy five and then go up and compete in the pro finals as a light eighty two and a half and possibly win on points and bring home a nice little payday. You know, it's like there there are that's uh, that 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 is the options there, but yeah, Joe is kind of being you know, somewhat casting a shadow over him because of, you know, who competes within this weight class. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, hell last year too. I mean, he was what fourth, fourth in the pro finals. So yeah. Yep. I think so. Yeah. He's, 
No, I think I mean, he's no longer in the. What's up? Who beat him in the pro final? Who beat him in the pro finals? I don't think they're there anymore. So I, I would, I think, yeah. based off of who I believe is leaving, Joe would be the favorite to win the pro finals. So, but yeah. and after Joe, third, yeah, we got yeah, that's, that's where it gets interesting at third. Go ahead, Solana. Yeah, we got Justin Osano, Zach De De Constanza. Costanzo. That's not that hard. Costanzo. Huh? I'm originally from Virginia. But you live in, you must run into a bunch of D. Costanzos everywhere you go. But it's, yeah, and especially Zach. Unfortunately, some people listening to this might not even know who he is, but he was a staple in the 75. One of my favorite people every single time I see him. If you see him in a meet, he's going to talk to you. Um, He's he's a super nice guy. Okay. Yeah, you got Zach, Anas, Mark, and yes. I think Dal. Eric LaPointe would have been in this conversation, but I think he's a little bit too much still on the men's of coming back. He's healthy, but I don't know if it's enough time to be able to challenge in this likely 760 range. But it's going to be very interesting between Neil, Zach, Anas, and Dallas. The one downside is Dallas will not be in prime time. I saw he's that. Be the it last. makes me so sad. <laughs> he's going to be the last one out. He's made some huge jumps this year in training. Huge. Um, but maybe he sets a standard and everyone else starts trying to do stuff and miss. I mean, frankly, last year, if, uh, Dion and, uh, Kevin hadn't have messed up, I don't want to say messed up attempt selection, but, uh, went a little wayward on deadlift, they may have set up a total that could have won based off everyone else kind of jockeying positions. So it may not hurt him, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's really those four, uh, so on, if you want to give some insight on some of them. Yeah, so I have, I mean, I have all of them between 760 and 770. I have Mark more so 750, 755, um, but, you know, everything looks like RP10 every time anyways, so I can't really tell um, based off his training. But, yeah, for Justin, like, he he posted a 162.5 by 4 bench press. Um, that's really all I saw. So he's not really posting a ton, but I still have him at, like, a 770 total. So definitely very competitive. Then we have Zach. Zach just hit a 260 by four squat PR, like full on RPE 10. Then he hit a 280 matching, but matching his best squat. And it looked like he had like five more kilos in the tank. So I have my 285 squat. He hits some decent deadlifts. I don't see any bench press, but just based off of squat pushing up and having some chips, I have him like 765, 767.5. Anas, you know, he does not post, but just in general, even from like talking from past, like the Arnold, I think he was supposed to be going for like around 755, 760, and he didn't have a great day. So I put my 760 based off your nose too, Steve. <laughs> and then yeah. again, for Mark, like Mark just started posting some lifts. He hit a really hard 300 kilo deadlift, uh, 170s. He hit a 259 squat. Um, to me, it looked a little bit high, but he's never had an issue, I don't think, with it being high in actual competitions. Wait, didn't he? I don't think so. Didn't he? He bombed out of the meat, right? Yeah. He did bomb out of the meat, but like he was failing. That was in, he wasn't I like, think that was in, yeah, I think that was injury. I think he hurt himself because oh, okay. like he bombed out of like a really low. Was that Arnold weight. or Virginia I don't remember Pro. fully. It was twenty twenty one VA Pro, I believe. Since then he hasn't missed the okay. lift. He's gone nine for nine and three meets. Now I recall, yeah, because yeah, I, I couldn't watch either of them. I didn't watch his Arnold's performance and the Virginia Pro I was busy for. Yeah. Are you sure it was in 2022, so, VA Pro? It was. It totally was. It was. The first one. That yeah, yeah it was, it was the second one. It was. Okay. Okay. 
Maybe so. That's cool. Um, yes, Mar- I left Mark out. He is very much in the picture there, too. I don't think he has the top end those other guys do, but Mark is probably going to hit lifts. That's the difference, and some others aren't going to hit. Like, Justin, uh, one, it's really hard to know what he's going to do because he never really posts. Two, frankly, Justin tends to miss lifts. He tends to take near-max attempts on his second, and while he's going to put up a good total, we saw last year that's going to leave the door open. When you have this close of a battle, it leaves the door open when you miss lists because then the people who are making their lists and are going to go into their third deadlist, they're going to know exactly what they need to put on the bar to be able to hit it. Um, and someone like Zach and uh, uh, Anas and Mark, at least in the primetime session, are probably all going to have a higher deadlift, I think, or close to a higher deadlift than Justin. So if he's missing, they're going to know exactly what to load on the bar. With that said, I have Zach as the highest potential here. And again, Zach hasn't, I don't think he's competed since 2020 Arnold. I think that was his last meet. No, he's competed. Or not, not competed. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Like big meet, like national yeah. Arnold level meet. That, sorry, not not competed because he competed back in March. Yeah, yeah, like, he would have big to. national meet or like in the limelight. It's been since 2020. He beat um, me at that he Arnold. Tested. He beat yeah. me by one dot point or uh, one IPF point and he did not let me hear the end of it. Nice. Yeah. Good. I like Zach. <laughs> but Zach, Zach tends to be good on execution. Like he doesn't tend to miss a lot. The only thing that was somewhat finicky sometimes is the deadlift. I, I've got him as my favorite for third. I, I like his top end. I think he hits lifts. Um, I, I don't see anything overly going wrong with a NAS. He really hasn't been posting. Um, I'm not really sure kind of where everything's at, but just kind of knowing what, uh, I thought his potential was going in the Arnold, the Arnold, he very well should have had 760. And if he, I mean, knowing where his squat and his bench and a deadlift could be 750 to 760 should be very, very doable. Um, I think the biggest question mark is just going to be Dallas. And what does he do in that morning or afternoon session prior to prime time to kind of set up this like standard of what people have to beat? Cause that can kind of, even though he's not going to know what to do, if he can go in there and hit 760, he might kind of force some people to kind of go outside their comfort zone and people might be missing trying to jockey for position. He might end up in third. Yeah. All right. Well, you got to give us your, literally, like he had like 30 okay. kilos. I'm adding like 30 kilos to his total. That's like insane. Because he's been in his weight class for years. That's yep, crazy. I asked, I asked Brad about it. I asked Brad about it, and they did make some training stuff that really just kind of launched things up and really came back down to workload and just Dallas feeling really, really healthy right now. Good. Great name. Oh, yeah, he was dealing with that peck for a long time, too. Great name. Okay. Dallas Bay. Definitely the best name. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Easily. Not even close. All right. Well, you kind of gave us your predictions there, Steve. So, I'll uh, I'll start and, and I'll go. Did you really give your predictions? Well, Steve kind of. I mean, he's. Did you? Not really. Kind of. I'll yeah, kind of. You said. You, all right. Well, I'll just go because I think we're. I think me and Steve are probably gonna have the same one. Um, Austin Perkins number one, Joe Bornstein number two, and then I have Zach DiCostanzo at third. All right, I've got Austin in first, Joe in second. I went back and forth on third. If Anas can come in, I really think, I mean, he's just, again, he's very consistent. I think he can get it. I just have, I just don't know where he's at. And so I don't know what he's going to bring. And knowing Zach, and I feel really, really confident that he's going to have 765-ish, and he tends to hit lists, uh, I think I'm going to go Zach here. I, just, I, I think it's going to be a hard one to beat. All right, so Perkins for first, Joe for second. I will give a Nos third. Gonna be fun watching the 75s. I'm very much looking forward to it. All right, 82 and a half kilo men. I'll let you guys start with this one. Oh, random 
uh, insight. Do you want me to throw it out there for the women's side? Literally, as uh, prime time was being announced, there was a drop from prime time. Well, that's... Uh, AV, AV dropped. Oh, okay. That would okay. make sense. So, yeah. that Was, was kind it of, on was the selection show? That's going on right now, right? Yeah. No, I was literally messaged wow. that she dropped while they were... No, it was already been filmed, so they, they filmed it before... Oh, okay. They knew of the information... Oh, so that would that would actually change stuff for prime time of people who are going to be in, as well as that. That really opens up the door for second and third, like we said, for the women's side. That makes it very, very interesting on the women's side, because then that's really deep for that third place spot. So, but yes, random thing. Nice. So, yeah, 82 and a half men. Sorry. Yeah, that's it. Well, that is breaking news. I mean, granted, it's going to be very old news by the time this podcast drops, but because sometimes it's good to get those live uh, live instant reactions. But, yeah, that's of all the people I would, based on what we're saying in the podcast last time, yeah, makes sense. All right. All eight, right. two and a half. Like I said, I'm going to let you guys start. Let me start. Eight, sure. eight. Yeah, go ahead. All right. So, as we all know, Russ will not be there. So, a little bit different, but we do have Jamar. We do have... I mean, we have Jamar, we have Angelo, we have Chris Perez, we have Lucky, Sean, um, Shun, Gerald's going to be, it's still going to be a very competitive class. And we've all seen Jamar's training going off, especially on YouTube as well. When he hit that 815 squat, that was absolutely insane, mm -hmm. right? So, like, the fact that we're seeing this um, is crazy. And also, his bench press has been super consistent with an uptick. Very consistent. Like, I'm really excited about it. He's been hitting like 202 to 205 a lot. Um, and then deadlift. I haven't seen a ton of deadlift. I saw some conventional. I'm going to assume deadlift is about where it was. So the big question for me is like, how much of this squat do we hang on? Too many cuts. And I still think that it will be a big squat. I just, I had a hard time projecting the squat, the squat number. Cause I was like, okay, are we going to come in here and, and are we going to squat like 800? At 82.5. Like, I, I do not know what he'll be I mean, he can... Uh, I'm surprised you didn't try and try and look at my... I literally have my note, because I have very... Yeah, you do. This is a notes. lot of notes. I saw your well, notes. Because, well, because I have a hand in it, so yes, I do yeah. a lot more extensive notes for classes that I actually have a hand in and I need to know, because one of the biggest things with Jamar is uh, he's going to have an amazing knee, but... It, I'm not saying anything that him Marcel's are going to say. He's not going to squat what he does in the off season. And even what he typically does in the gym, he tends to have about a seven and a half to 10 kilo drop from that on meat day after all of the cut. And I think he just did. Uh, I'm trying to read. I have way too much. So one, most of the stuff is on YouTube. FYI, he, he hasn't been posting uh, most of his stuff on Instagram. His deadlift is actually trending better than it was because unlike his squat and his bench come down when he cuts, his deadlift actually kind of goes up because yeah, I think leverage. leverage wise, he doesn't he doesn't have as much of an issue getting stuck on his thighs because like six thirty nine ish was pretty tough for a while there, and then as soon as he started dropping weight, it shot back up where he's now back in like the high six hundreds and moving it really well, and it looks like he's got that like seven hundred ish pull again. Um, I've got him around a 340-ish to maybe 345 squat, 195-ish to 197 bench, 320 to 325 deadlift. So 850 to 860. I think that is very doable. I, I really think 850-ish uh, is kind of the number to go to uh, when it comes to winning this class this year and where kind of Jamar's at. Now, with that being said, 
the one thing that is interesting here is that one of the things with Russ is Russ doesn't miss. You, you had to beat Russ, and that's why Russ was so dangerous. Even Russ on a day when he wasn't as strong as he usually is, he doesn't miss. He comes in and always does it. In this setup, we don't really have that. Uh, I don't think anyone is in that same category where they just never miss. Uh, Angela is probably the closest one to it, honestly. Chris is kind of there, too. But if you're looking at, like, Lucky. Sean and Jamar. Lucky, I don't they, think he's missed a lift since Nationals. But, but I don't know. I mean, Lucky even will probably say it. I don't know if Lucky's talking about trying to win. I'm talking about people who are, like, yeah. trying to go for first place. I mean, Lucky, yeah, good point I mean, potentially, I mean, if, if uh, a lot I, of misses happen, Lucky could be in it. Yeah, Lucky, I, 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 I'll give my end, uh, input on Lucky soon, but he's not that far look, off. If I'm looking at, like, uh, he's not, but I, I just don't know if he has the top end to, like, get to first. Like, I think there's four people who are likely battling for first, and one of them is going to likely go 840-ish, at least, if not 850. But the thing is, like, if you're, like, let's say, like, let's, let's look at Sean and Jamar, who, I mean, especially like Sean. It's always, like, he has the potential, but does he show it? Jamar's kind of had that, too, to an extent. He Both of them average about seven for nine days. They're not typically nine for nine lifters. So it's it's who who hits lifts. And if they miss lifts, then it's who, I mean, like, then we have the aspect of Angelo and Chris Perez, who I think both potentially 830 to 840 on a really, really good day, depending on kind of where they're at. And I don't know if Chris, and in my opinion, I don't know if Chris and Angelo have the top end, but Angelo and Chris are more consistent. And I, I, I think they're more likely to hit lifts. So it, this is, it's just incredibly, incredibly interesting. It's very, very interesting how it'll play out. Yeah, I think it brought up on when we talk about Russ not being in the weight class, how it creates a interesting battle with lifters playing to their different strengths. You know, like what Solana said earlier, I think Jamar, I don't, he doesn't need to squat 800, right? He doesn't need to squat relatively close to 800. I think he can squat, honestly, based on how his training goes, I think 750 is safe. That's how good his fucking squat is. And that's, you say that and be like, oh, what, 750? That is demolishing the record. That is just completely destroying it. And I think he's got that with him, which will create a really, really big advantage for him going into deadlifts where I think he can't, I don't think he can coast. I still think he has to hit probably within the 700s to be safe. And to really put the pressure on us and not even give us a chance to put a number on a bar, that'll beat him. But Jamar's got that squat. You know, Sean's got the bench. And then we have the deadlift specialists with me kind of coming at end where if you leave the door open, I can put something on the bar at the end here. But yeah, then there's, I think actually the most well-rounded lifter here is Lucky. Um, might be a year or two short, but just based on some of his training goes... He's so unbelievably strong and un he's uh he leaves little doubt on any of his lifts. I never look at any of Lucky's lifts and be like, that wasn't depth. That wasn't a good bench. That was an unlocked out deadlift. He he will uh, he will tell you if he doesn't do that. He'll tell you this deadlift wasn't locked out. This squat was high. And he really doesn't have any data here who that can tell me otherwise i would put chris as another if very well-rounded lifter but he just i don't think he has a deadlift of lucky so uh and gerald scott too gerald scott i think does lack that deadlift but he's got that big subtotal that can keep him in the you know, meat as well and then shoon you know shoon, is taking scraps with 800 he's just gonna is 
Is that announced? Is he going to be in primetime? Nope, he's not. So uh, that's lucky is the cutoff. Shun may hurt you because Shun. Yeah, now we got to see because he does have his deadlift lockout issues, but I'm sure he's going to make him run at the American. Oh, well, he, he may chip. He yeah. may chip it. And then that actually then, even though I don't uh, Shun's top end, I don't think is likely going to be top three. Um, same with Gerald. I got both of them around 810. I don't think that's enough to kind of get into that top three with how deep it is between Lucky, Sean, Angelo, Chris, and Jamar. But Shun could affect prime time by chipping that record and then causing Angelo, if he wants a chip, to have to go higher. That's kind of like a little interesting aspect here. Yeah. Uh, if that possibly comes into play and whatnot. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's going to be a this – is, this is a super interesting battle for the sake that there are so many people that are in it and everyone is different. Mm-hmm. Everyone is different. No one's been in the position before where they were the favorite or like, because we're having a new winner. It's been what, like how many, five years in a row. It's just been kind of the rush show. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, is that correct? It's, it's just like different that. this he's, year. And yeah. I. He's probably said it many times. Yeah. Russ? So, but I mean. Yeah, it's just, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be, uh, can Jamar bring it all on the platform like he did at Corrupted? Because th- that is a thing. I mean, that's a local meet versus doing it on a national stage. And he hasn't done it on a national stage. Like I said, I mean, I love Jamar, but Jamar and Sean both have not done as well at nationals as they have done in other meets. Um, Chris has done pretty decent uh, yeah. when it comes to nationals. Like, he's been pretty consistent. Angelo's been pretty consistent. I, this is just my thing. I think Jamar and Sean have the highest top bin, but they're mo- the most inconsistent. Chris and Angelo have kind of a baseline that are just the, they're just kind of always there. Angelo, obviously, you're coming back from injury, but training's really taking a really good uptick the last couple of weeks to where like I I have you on a similar trajectory of where you were going into. I actually should update my numbers. Like I have you a similar trajectory of where you're going for the Arnold around that like eight thirty ish range, and that's Chris too. Chris did eight twenty at that local meet. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest. I thought the squat was good maybe was borderline in the national stage so i he's kind of hiding his training now so it's kind of get a hard to get a read on kind of how the progression's going but i fully expect him to be able to have more on bench and more on deadlift i i maybe more on squat but honestly i feel like getting that squat to a more definitive depth is probably kind of the standard he's looking at and again i've got him in like this 830 to 840-ish range as well which could win if sean and jamar are inconsistent but if Sean and Jamar hit lifts, I just think they have the higher top end. And like I said, Lucky too. Lucky is in that like 820-ish to 830 range. I, I personally just, I, I think a lot of people would have to miss lifts for him to win. But I think very much Lucky could kind of be one of those people that when you, Chris, Sean, and Jamar are kind of looking at each other and battling and you're missing and someone, something happens, Lucky just kind of sneaks in the back door. Hmm. And, and pull something and yeah i, I was gonna go a certain way there and i, I kind of stopped myself angela's smiling at where we could go with that <laughs> i wouldn't but, mind uh i wouldn't lucky, mind that lucky. Uh, if anyone Sometimes was to do it lucky and they go in the back door yeah well funny if, 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 if it was anyone lucky and a bad guy um yeah so i yeah that's I, again like i like you said there's a lot going on here and there's a lot of possibilities um i it would not be a shocker if Lucky podiums at any capacity, you know, second, third. I w- it would be a shocker if he won. Um, and I think, again, he might be just a year short from this because when I look at everyone on this list, Lucky is kind of my type of lifter where he's so well-rounded and I do, do think he's eventually going to have that top-end ridiculous deadlift strength that he's going to put himself in position to uh, have his pull dictate 
a lot of victories for him. Um, but yeah, and you know, I'm just personally speaking, what a difference a year makes because after Nationals last year, you know, um, I got the John Hack bump and I got the other people's bump saying it's Russ versus Angelo. And right now I think most people have me third or fourth. So that's how powerlifting works. You know, like who would have thought we would be speaking about Jamar Royster being the favorite going into this meet last year. That was not on any of our bingo cards. That was not a prediction. I know you guys predict him do very well at Corrupted, but I can guarantee after Nationals last year, you were not saying Jamar Royster is going to be on top of the nominations list for this year's Nationals. That was not uttered by anyone. No, because I mean, even he wouldn't, I, his numbers last year at Nationals at 90 wouldn't have been at the top of my nominations, like let alone cutting down. It, obviously, it was just they fig- they finally figured out stuff in training. I've had some pretty decent talks with Marcellus about this because it was very obvious leading into Corrupted, they figured something out. They figured something out that was different of how to maintain that strength a bit better and not let that squat really kind of taper off, as well as the, the deadlift and the leverages on that that really improved. Because honestly, I think he's a better deadlifter at 82 than he is at 90. Yeah, that uh, leverage, you're, you're 100% that. right on that leverage. And really, we're talking about squat and deadlift. The reason we are talking about him potentially winning is his bench. Yeah. Because he didn't have a great bench. He had a, he had a decent bench, but not a like competitive bench like that was really like, and he he, he I, we're gonna see what the cut does he's been hitting 200 routinely I, I frankly would be surprised if he can maintain that with the cut so like 195 ish to 197 would be fantastic but that's a 10 to 12 and a half kilo pr that's honestly where i think the majority of his pr total is coming from is from his bench yeah yeah no you're 100 right there no. um it, it's it's a subtotal that's getting him in that position um yeah i mean also i guess you know I well, no, I, that was one I want to bring up. Nori hasn't been posting any of his stuff, like zero. So yeah, we know. I I heard maybe is he a close friends guy? His posts, yes, yeah. he has been. What a as dork! Well as I, I, I know <laughs> I'm sorry. I yeah, I love you, Sean. What a dork move! It's God, it's shut it's, up with it this. Hey, he called me a fucking crybaby a- on my goddamn post. So I'm gonna tell. It's the same thing going into. It's. But why do it when he because of a, like like what social media does to your perspective of what you feel like you need to do pressure wise, okay. like just being able to just go in and train and there's no expectations for social media and feeling like you have to post the same thing that happened going into uh, the, the pod meet he did. That was arguably his best meet when he basically hit second attempts for thirds and went 817 and it looked like everything yeah. was going the right way. He just he didn't get into the social media game and it works really well for him. So he's just kind of doing his thing. So okay. it's not necessarily even a hiding thing. All right. Okay. I mean, I'm, just, I'm with you. So I I, it's so annoying. Post. It's so I'm fucking all annoying. Posting, but if, if you're if you're trying to hide because you think it's a competitive advantage, no. If you're not posting training because... Well, but he's posting... All right, so that's game. the thing. You're confirming to... You should never confirm to me that he's posting on close friends. Because if he just wasn't posting on social media at all, unless it was anonymous uh, Q&As, then I'm okay with it. But he's posting his list on close friends, and it applies to all lifters. If you're posting your list on close friends, then you're not doing the same thing. You're still putting this expectation on yourself, and other people who are just really close to you now have those expectations. And really, that's the only expectations I care about, are the people close to me. I don't care about some jabroni who comments that I suck from a burner page. 
I care about the people who I actually respect, and that's who will be in my close friends. But all right, end rant again on close I, friends well, story I, posting. I, I, it's a val, it's a valid point. I actually, I accept that point. All okay. I'll say is, is Sean's trainings. It, it, he's I, I will say I was a close friends guy. You, you, I was a close friends guy, but mainly when I was actually embarrassed of myself for being able to only lift like two plates. That was close friend stuff. And I think I just, I, I don't want to post on my actual feed because, all right, now you guys know if you're not in my close friends, you know what I was posting on close friends. I don't want to post that on my actual feed because then you just get a pity party in the comments. And then I'm like, well, if I'm going to get a pity party, I want the people who I actually care about to see it. We appreciate you for that. You're welcome. All right. All right. Take time. Yep. See if you can go first. I'll go yeah. last on this one. All right. I'll go first. I'm going Sean again. <laughs> Keep doing it. Oh, my God. Keep doing it. <laughs> it's so, Sean Frost. Yeah, it's got to hit one day. Yeah. We'll keep going with it. Sean first, Jamar second, and then Angelo third. I, I mean, Chris is I, Chris is going to hate me for this because he already hates me for calling him uh, – what, I forget what I mentioned in the last one, and I said it wrong. Because I, Sean, Jamar, Angelo, Chris—those are the yeah. four that I think could potentially win. I think you like. Uh, I think you like me based on what I said about him. Yeah, we got really around like right now. Yeah, you don't like me. Uh, <laughs> he he is in that. Uh, it just comes down to maybe slight favoritism, uh, as well as the fact that if it comes down to it, uh, Angelo's got the deadlift. I've seen. I, I've been personally attacked for that in in situations of coaching of Angelo pulling a deadlift. Uh, and just having that weapon whenever he needs to, of knowing exactly what he needs to load and just going and doing it with his cheater frog stance. So, yep. yeah, I think I think if Sean and Jamar have the highest top end, so assuming everyone hits lifts, I think they have the highest top end, Sean first, Jamar second. And then I think if it's coming down to a close battle between Chris and Angelo, I think Angelo's got the deadlift advantage there. All right. So. All right, first place, I'm going to give it to Jamar. When I give second place to Chris and third to Angela. Ooh. All righty. Well, Slot is keeping up her hate on Sean, just not even having podium. We're consistent. Me and Steve are consistent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. So um, if it's going to come down to a deadlift and I say I'm not going to be able to pull the weight I need to win and say it right now on a podcast, then I'm pretty much setting up myself for failure. Um, so I guess in two white lights, first history, I'm putting myself at first. Um, yeah, I, I can't go into a meet thinking that if it actually does come down to a deadlift that I won't be able to do it. That's the weirdest thing to ever do and to say publicly. Um, and based on the prep I've had it, I will, um, I think we definitely need to have a coach client confidential after the meet. So I'll go into more detail, um, on that, but it's been the hardest prep of my career by far. Um, but no matter what happens, I'm going to, this is probably going to be the most proud of myself that I've ever been, even if I don't win. Um, because we really had to fight just to be in a position where I could compete. That was the goal going into the meet was just to compete for top five. So hell, if I'm going to do that, might as well try to win at the same time, try to put on something I need to win. Um, and in second place, I'm going to have Sean Noriega. And in third, I'm going to have Jamar. All righty. 
This, this will be a fun one. This will be a fun one. I'm excited. Yeah, to, I'm looking forward to it. I'm really going to Memphis this year Marvin just again. to literally just to compete. Not going to have the fun nationals time. So I'm really my my highlight is going to be being able to compete because I'm probably going to be on a flight mid afternoon on Saturday back to Houston. So excited right. for it. Nine, 90 kilos. And this is one that probably everyone listening, and I think some other shows are probably not going to talk about this. Brandon does not have this wrapped up. Nope. Dominique Fuqua can win this if Brandon misses a lift. And honestly, maybe even if Brandon doesn't miss a lift. So we can't say all of it, but we already hyped up Dominique. I mean, he's hit 870. That's only 17 and a half kilos off of Brandon's best. And he hasn't posted much. Dominique hasn't. Uh, he posted a 705 by three deadlift PR. So, you know, deadlift in some ways trending better. I'm not really sure how bench is going. Uh, he sent me and Angelo a set on squats. It was, it was good. Big. It was good. It was good. It was, it was good. really good. If I mean, you don't, if you, people should not sleep on him. No, he should have been legitimately. The thing is he should have been slept on in spite of just the information that we were given. You know, yeah, like, he should have been slept on either way. Like that, he should have been, his meat like, is, was legit. And granted, I still have Petrie as a pretty big favorite going in regardless of that meat or not. But, you know, we're talking about 20 kilo difference. Petrie just competed and had to really push in that meat. And Dominique did not. So, yeah, I I wouldn't sleep on Dominique. I think that he should get his respect based on the meat that he did. But then also, I mean, Brandon Petrie has I dominated, you know, in the past couple years um, in this weight class. And I actually think it's scary to think of him in 93. I'm, I'm really excited for that. He's made it very clear that he's going to go to Powerlifting America. He's got three kilos to really work with there. And I think that's going to benefit him so much because I think the best version of Brandon Petrie we saw was going into Virginia Pro as a, a near 100 kilo lifter. Like, that was some excellent Brandon Petrie right there. But Brandon Petrie has missed lifts. And he's going to yeah. be shooting for something big, I think. 900, yeah. still on the table. He That was his goal at Carolina Primetime. That was his goal at the Arnold. Um, you know, the Arnold, we all know how that went. It led into the biggest chaotic storyline into the history of powerlifting, I guess. Legal stuff, by the way. Um, but, yeah, like, this is... Uh, I Brandon, I based on competition history... And he, he does occasionally have problems hitting his lifts. And I think Dominique is the next next is next up to really push him. Yeah, I mean, based off a of nominated, nominated total, there's a 17 and a half kilo difference, which is like you could maybe Brandon could miss a bench and like something else and still do it. Yeah, I've got the actual totals after of knowing the increase from Dominique and then kind of a little bit on Brandon. Brandon's not really posting, but I've had a little bit of insight. Uh, I've got down to seven and a half. That's one lift. That's down to one lift now. Yeah. The question I have for Brandon, because his, even at CPT, the squats were so shaky, the opener in a second. And when I talked to him, he's like, my, his refeed isn't on point basically with like hydration. And I'm like, is that fixed? Because if not, 
he can't go out there with those <laughs> shaky squats again. That's a, like, do, you, do you remember watching it? No, I like those, well, no, I remember watching it me. for sure. I was with one of his clients actually at the gym, and I'm like, ooh, like yeah, he does like, look oh, a little shaky, and he really went to the whole heart. Like it was a pretty noticeable dive bomb squat, which scares me always. Yeah, so that's my question. Like, I feel like if he has tweaked that refeed and he goes in and like his squat feels strong, that really sets him up. I think if he goes in there and we have shakier squats, like it's Dominique can really definitely come in. So I'm going to be paying attention to the first squat. Like that's going to set the tone for everything for me. So yeah, I. The- I've got Brandon taking it. Brandon for sure has more on bench press because of what happened at CPT. So he's at least got probably another seven to maybe 12 and a half there. I think if he, if he recomps better, uh, I don't know enough to overly project squats, but I think he can at least get another two and a half to five. So I've got, I mean, if I get based on the numbers I have, he's going to be right around 900. I can see him shooting for that, but I think if he overly shoots for that, he could open the door and Dominique could sneak in. Now, Dominique though, uh, uh, two things. One, he hasn't been in this situation, I believe, in this direct head-to-head battle. And that's it's different. That's the biggest difference when you get to nationals and worlds is the pressure and like how that affects things of being in these direct battles. Two, he did slightly miss weight last time. He weighed in at 90.3 in the meet he did 870, which is why if you're looking at nominated totals, it doesn't even look like he's close. Like it's like 830-something. So I don't, I don't know if that weight cut's bigger. Uh, I mean, I think it sounded like he could have cut and gotten that extra 0.3 kilos if he really wanted to, since this was a local meet he didn't. So that is a factor. We'll see. But either way, this is more of a battle than people think. And I'm really excited because I think potentially if both of these lifters have perfect meets, they could out total the 93 kilo record. Both of them could. Not Jesse Norris's, I'm almost, I don't even call, I'm almost going to call it a fake record because he did it on pound plates at a local meet uh that everyone's still chasing i i think that should stop being chased because that i mean it's pound plates at a local meet never stop never never stop yeah. stopping it won't but either way brandon and dominique third place is where it's a bit is interesting too because then it gets pretty deep uh who i gotta look at what prime time is prime time will go down to kyle de Leon, which is pretty good that is Hell actually yeah. a good cutoff point there everyone who i think likely can be into that third spot is in there and it's going to come between Ben poor uh, Dan Howe, Connor and Connor likely Kyle. I, I don't know if he's had enough time to really build into this class yet. I mean, he'd have to make a pretty significant jump from where he was. I don't want to count him out of it, but I think he needs a little bit more time. So for me, it comes down. I, I really have Dan Howe and Connor Borker as my number two. That's who I really think is or number three. I think yeah. that's who it's coming down to Dan. Dan is looking really good right now because he he's one of the guys that came up from 82 and a half kind of building into 90 and his squat has blown up really nicely and you know he's got that deadlift to go along with it so I think that deadlift can really put him in a good situation but yeah Dan is looking fantastic right now but then also you got Connor Borkert who's a pretty solidified 90 93 kilo lifter um wasn't too long ago where, you know, we were talking about him possibly being the best 93 kilo in the lifter in the world. Um, his thing is, is that deadlift. I think he is leaving yeah. a lot of kilos that just kind of available for pretty much almost everyone on this roster. Right. Uh, Dan, definitely Ben for sure. Um, 
Uh, Kyle, I think Kyle's much better than 320. Uh, yeah. Well, Connor's consistent issue. I mean, deadlift has been, obviously, it holds him back. But he's got a massive squat and a bench. Yeah. But the bigger issue has been he hasn't done well with the weight cut uh, recently. That's is his. He, he did the 850 at the Arnold. Uh, he did well at the VA Pro. He hasn't come back down to 90, and he's not posting a ton. He did post the recent deadlift. So assuming he doesn't have a huge weight cut from where he's at right now, he just posted a 325 deadlift, and it was easy. Like I could have yeah, like, 335 or more. It just comes down to how does he handle the cut where he's at right now. But, I mean, based off of potential, I mean, I think Connor's done 870. Connor, it, he has the highest potential. If the weight cut goes all right, I, I, I see him as the, the 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 likely favorite for third. And Dan is in there, but Dan's going to have to really execute. I mean, that's one of the things Dan's been kind of back and forth on execution. He had a little issue, I think, on squat depth at CPT. Um, deadlift is a bit, I mean, deadlift wasn't as on at the Arnold's. It was a CPT. So it's been a little hit or miss. If Dan can bring the full package, he's going to be able to load whatever he needs to pull into that third place. Uh, I, I just like Connor for the fact of outside of the fact that sometimes he's had that grip issue on deadlift. He's pretty consistent. He's usually not going to miss a squat. He's not going to miss a bench. If the weight cut goes fine, I think he's good for at least 325, if not more on deadlift. And if he can do that, 850 is going to be hard to touch, I think. Yeah. I'd agree. Yeah, I, I, and I think your analysis on Kyle is pretty good there, Steve. I know he's growing into this weight class. The crazy thing is he just doesn't look that much different from when he competed at 82.5, which is amazing to me. Um, but, yeah, I think next year Kyle is going to really flourish as a 90-kilo lifter. I see him really starting to – like him starting to get into that groove a little bit more. I think his squat is going to get a nice little boost, um, getting up a weight class. And also, um, I've been, me and him been bouncing deadlift ideas off on each other. And it seemed like something within this week, we clicked, um, that 300 kilo he just posted was really nice. So, uh, yeah, I think, I think Kyle this year, yeah, definitely potential to get third. Um, but yeah, he's he's a very similar situation to Connor. Just doesn't have that subtotal like Connor, but he does leave a lot on deadlifts. I agree. And then also looking at our people, I'm hoping Andre has the meat he wanted to have at CPT because <laughs> the meat did not go great. But I do still have him hitting like a eight twenty ish total. If he hits the lips. Yep. Yeah, who do we have? We got Nico. Okay, so Nico uh, used to train with him at Export Fitness in Lombard. So there's a fun fact for you guys. Is you're, it? On, you're on mute. Steve, you're on mute. I was going to say, we didn't talk as much about Ben Poor and Devin Merveau. Yeah. Honestly, I just Ben hasn't posted a lot of heavy stuff. He had a really nice deal with lately, but it's kind of hard to project today. him. Devin, I didn't really see a ton that he posted that would say there'd be a big jump to where I think he'd challenge Dan and Connor. So that's why I've kind of got them separated. But I don't want to go without mentioning them. And I don't want to go without mentioning my lifter, Lorenzo. I really think he's probably going to jump into the top 10 here. Um, his first Nationals ever. Is it really? It's uh, oh, yeah, it is. The Nationals because it's always been – it's always been a work thing. And then last year, he was finally going to get to do it. And then he tore the adductor. So this is finally his first Nationals ever. So I'm very excited. I'm totally over 800. I think he'll PR all the lifts. 
He should. Training's going great guy. super, super well right now. Love Lorenzo. So. All righty. I got Brandon in first, Dominique second. I almost thought about putting Dominique first to piss off Brandon, but I'm going to be nice <laughs> oh, here. Oh, I mean. Uh, just to I, underrate. Just we'll so continue. Brandon could use that as fuel as underrating him. Continue, Sue. Okay. And then Connor in third. I think I've been pretty clear about those three. So, yeah. Right. Brandon, Dominique, Connor. Solana? Me? All right. I will still give Brandon first, especially since I didn't get to see the lift. Y'all got to see. I got to see the number. I didn't get to see it. Um, Brandon first. What's... Well, no, I'm saying it's <laughs> I was just the thought I had, I'm like, well, that's pretty much it. <laughs> that like that's the okay. important okay. part. <laughs> Unless we're just okay. lying to you. Like that'll then then it dictates other things, but Dominique seconds third. I'm gonna give my my teammate Connor third place. All right, um, I'm gonna go Brandon first, Dominique second. I'm gonna go Dan Holland third. Um, I'm I'm really liking how Dan Dan's been looking. Um, I gotta mention this though. I don't know if this is private information. Um, Brandon is one of the best powerlifters in the world, but fantasy football. He had arguably one of the worst graphs I've ever seen somebody has. I might hold off on complete criticism going into the final part of the season. But, Steve, I, I had to send you his roster. Yeah. No, it was it was embarrassing. Like I, I, <laughs> I questioned my association with Brandon. Uh, when I look into his eyes now, I just can't simply see beauty. I'm also going to see that roster. I'm going to – Unfortunately. Oh, I'm going to see but, Joe Burrow. I'm going to see Joe Burrow first overall. That's at what least I'm he did an auto-draft. I think he should have. <laughs> I judge people more for auto-drafting than just not drafting well. I think – So, yeah. Yeah, I almost had to. I was in the car doing it. But, yeah, it's been uh, – we have a couple friends in the league, but and sorry, I don't know if this is private information, but yeah, Joe Burrow first overall. We were all kind of at once like, okay, that was that was a pick right there. Uh, yeah, but hell, I mean, fantasy football being the best ninety kilo lifter in the world. What's the trade off? I'm taking best ninety kilo lifter in the world. There's frankly more money in fantasy football than there is in powerlifting. So is there I don't though? Know about that. Is there actually? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, but you have to be in those leagues and put down your own money. Yeah, but there's people that make significant money in fantasy football. Oh yeah, football. of course. But like, that's gambling. Like, I mean, you're just essentially I, saying. I mean, be a I professional never seriously gambler. considered it, but I looked into how to go professional. I used to be obsessed with fantasy. You like, are I a guy live, who seems obsessed with fantasy football. I lit. I I did everything. I mean, this everything. is pretty much it, right? Your spreadsheets are. I did Good sixteen team AL only auction drafts for. I did everything. Jesus I was obsessed. And I legitimately like. I almost before I got into like fitness, I was I was about to start a blog for fantasy stuff. I was looking how to like actually like start making money on it. You could have uh, definitely made more money off that than powerlifting. Uh, blogging, competing, not coaching, and what I. Oh no no yeah no yeah and competitiveness yeah that's what I mean if you're just a yeah, sports blogger competing you can make more on fantasy football oh, yeah. than you can make on for sure competing if so, you're blogging yes. too you would have made just money off that not even have to put down your money down you could have yeah, show subscriptions to that people would have bought them two hundred dollars they would have bought a subscription for your fantasy football blog no doubt no I yeah could have been Matthew Barry 
I could have the Oracle. The Oracle would have transferred over. Yep. Would have, um, the or, Steve Denobi, the Oracle, fantasy football. All right, 100 kilo men. This one's interesting. This one is I have, flip of a coin and a half. Yeah, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven people I think could win. It's also odd because two of those people are going to be outside of prime time. Uh, it's all over the place. Like this one is so, because the favorites I think going in are going to be Marcus and Jonathan. Jonathan, I think is still kind of on the come up from some injuries he had. I know his bench is going really well, but squat isn't quite back to where it was. I really don't know about deadlift. Marcus, um, I've seen some of the lists from close friends. I mean, they're not bad, but I don't know if he quite has the momentum he's had leading in the CPT last year because he, he has his variance. He had 875 at CPT and 845 at the VA Pro. It can kind of go back and forth. It's kind of, it's is he going to make lists? Is he not going to make lists? Um, we're going to see on that. And you got Lorenzo Wright, and you got Zachary Yamamoto. You got Kyle's, Kai Zhao. You got Daquan Studstill, and you got Jalen Falk. All of them I could see in that 860 to 870 range. Every single one of them. All of them. I think I think Solana came to the same thing, though. After I did all my research and I'm looking at scenarios and looking at advantage, one person's got the pull. And I already have him as the highest potential uh, total and give him the pull as well. Kai's out. That's who I've got yeah. as my favorite right now. That's his tra- his huge. squat in particular is what's going to blow up because his deadlift is already big. His bench is is what happens when you're a really big deadlift. He doesn't have a bad bench, but it's not super competitive. But his squat has added significant amounts from his last meet, and that's where he's making up this gap now, um, as well as his deadlift has frankly been more consistent, and lockout has been better in training than I've seen in the past. He hit 375 very clean in training, and it looked like he had more. And what I think he went – 305 for a squat PR and he's benched 190 yep. and he if he literally repeats what he's done in the gym I, I think he wins this I don't I think he's going to be really really hard to beat yeah I have him as my number one but also again it is that question mark with Marcus and if he can replicate what he did at CPT and then if Ty misses a lift or even if it doesn't miss a lift potentially but I still have him up here within 10 kilos of each other and then Jalen Jalen, he just has to, if he executes, he could also win. Like, he just, yeah, the oh, deadlift. Yeah. What happened to his dub at CPT? Because I was there, but I was in the back. So, he, so as a person who is a mixed grip fanatic, Jalen is someone that should be hook gripping. And he Get switched to mixed grip, and it started creating issues with lockout and consistency, and he's went back to hook grip, and it's looked so much better ever since he's went back to hook grip. Uh, but with that said, it's still been a bit inconsistent. Like, the only... Honestly, I think Jalen, this is a, this is, I don't know if it's a hot take. I think Jalen benefits from not being in prime time. I think in prime time, in that kind of situation, I think it's a little bit harder. I think him actually not being in prime time and just going out and having his meet and hitting his lifts, I think actually benefits him where he might throw up 860. And then that might, I don't know if that 860 wins it. I think it's going to be tough, but I think that could stand as a top three based on everyone else kind of jockeying when it comes into it. So. And then the other person that really took a big jump, in my opinion, and I think I've got him in second right now, Zachary Yamamoto. Uh, he's the polar opposite of Kai. He's going to be the subtotal king. Like, he's going to have a big squat. He's going to have a massive bench. bench massive, yeah. massive, like, cake. He's kind of like Keiko-like in the sense of how he lifts. Like, if you actually look at all of his lifts, he kind of looks, like, very similar leverage-wise to Keiko. Um, huge bench. 
but then deadlift, he's just going to have to hit it. He's not going to be like, like everyone's going to be deadlifting after him. I think that's what's going to make it hard for him to win it. But, uh, he doesn't really have those variables of like some oddity of like uh, a high technical technicality of like deadlift, like a, a Kai has, uh, things like that. So I think Zach, I, I think I have him solidly in second right now. Uh, and then it just got the biggest one. I mean, Jonathan, I would, I really thought going in, he would be the favorite. I just don't think he's quite there. And I think in the future, once he gets healthy and the momentum next year, I think he's going to be the heavy favorite. And then Marcus is just kind of, what does he bring? Does he bring CPT or does he bring basically every other meet? So, uh, and then Daquan stud still, that's a name we mentioned on a prior episode of like a breakout star. Uh, Solana, you couldn't find his, he, he does have an Instagram. It's kind of hard to find. Uh, he just hit 325, 202.5 and 327 in training. So an 857 and a half total, I think in training or 855 or something like that. Um, so, He's not going to be in prime time. That hurts him a little bit and being able to kind of like battle out back and forth. But he's someone that I really see in there as well. And then Lorenzo Wright, massive squat. He actually holds, he beat Bob's record at VA Pro, I think it was, and or maybe the Arnold too. Like he took the squat record for 100 kilos. He's going to be squatted more at the VA Pro than Bob. I might be wrong on well, that. Well, he definitely squatted more at the Pro than Bob because he was the last squatter. But I don't know if he has the record. <laughs> yeah. So, either way, Lorenzo kind of big subtotal from that squat. So it's kind of looking at Lorenzo is a bit hard to kind of project his training, um, but it looks like it's going well. So again, it's a toss up. I, I you you could tell me Marcus is going to win, John's going to win, Lorenzo's going to win, Zach, Kai, Daquan, or Jalen, and I wouldn't argue it. Um, I don't think I can make an argument like against any of them if they were to win. They all could win. Yeah, I mean, like you said initially, I'm going down like. Really, what would the wise thing to do right now is to go with go with the deadlifter because that's kind of the um, yeah the the tie goes to the runner situation at least for me. Like when in doubt, who has the biggest deadlift if they're all that close? Um, granted, Kai's in it because of the deadlift. Like he kind of like he's this is true deadlift. His squat, special. His squat his is competitive now though. Yeah, it's going up a lot, but when we look at the top else. guys, he's still giving up about what? 10 to 15 kilos? Yeah, 10 kilos. Yes. Again, yeah, his, his deadlift is 30 kilos above everyone else, and then he, yes. he's losing 5 to 10 on bench and deadlift. Yeah. So, I, yeah. I mean, then you look, I mean, you know, Jonathan, did any, like, did you see, did you th- was it an injury? That's going on with him. That's total speculation on my end. Uh, yeah, I I reached out to Marcellus. I was going to ask because he he hit seven twenty two. I think leading in the nationals last year on squat, and he just hit six eighty three, and it was kind of tough. Like it, it was it looked like a third attempt. It was pretty grindy. And I reached out to Marcellus, and he said that John had kind of been dealing with a little bit of a hip injury from even prior to working with him. I think this is what led into Arnold. And he's he's, he's he is healthy now. It's just a matter of now he's Building. healthy and able to train, but hasn't quite had the time to like fully gain that momentum back from what my understanding is. Okay. All right. Just asking there. Cause I, yeah, like the momentum he built after nationals last year and during nationals too, that was kind of the guy where I probably was going to put him as my favorite to win hundred kilos. Um, and I mean, still in the race. Yeah. I get JJ. Uh, yeah. Great selection there. Um, Lorenzo's a beast. Yeah. Zachary too. Zachary had a really unfortunate meet last year. Where I think, um, 
I forgot what it was. It was like he had to rush things. Like getting his weight down. I think it was a weight cut problem. If I remember correctly. Um, so I think I was getting information as I was commentating. So, you know, come in with a blank slate this year. Go figure out everything. Be good to go. You'll uh, have a better meet. Yep. All right. And I should say with John, too, the biggest question mark is his deadlift more than even a squat. Because I don't know what – because he only pulled 330 at the Arnold. But we all remember, oh, if you watch, he almost hit that. Like, he gave that 365 a run for his money last year to go after Bob, I think it was. And, like, he legitimately looked like that was a plausible. Like, he looked like he probably had 355 to 360. If John can deadlift 355, uh, he's on, he's already he's goes in the first for me. I just I just don't know what he can deadlift. If he can do that, he's all all, all of a sudden moves in the first. I just don't know what John can deadlift. So, yep. All right, predictions. Yeah, I so, got Kai. Yes. I got okay. I got Kai in first, Zach in second. I'm just gonna keep rolling with it since uh, we don't have any order. I'll just go. Okay, Zach well, or Kai, Zach, and then John Hill. Um. I'm going to go Kai first. He is a teammate. I'm going to go Jonathan Hill second and Marcus third. Okay. I will give Zach first. I will give Kai second. You guys are just trying to make would, me the bad person. I would give it to Jalen. I just. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Without I think, him being in prime time, it just makes it too I hard still think somebody. predicting Marcus third is going to get him pissed off at me. So. Probably. I'm not on the I'm close friends. The most hated. I'm already the most hated. Just oh, easily. The close friends That's was okay. made just for me, but fortunately, fortunately, I have a have a inside person. Oh God. Beautiful. Did you announce that on the podcast before? Yes, did. Oh, you did. Yeah. yeah it's like yes. a. I I I can't remember that. That's very funny because then it just turns into like paranoia to the max. Like, who's the rat? Which one of my friends would rat on me? Because I'm not on it. Yeah. Wisely, I mean, I probably would tell you everything. Yeah. So who knows? Who knows? <laughs> All right. 110 kilo men. The, I would say the premier class. Yeah, just not in prime time. It's not a prime time, but the premier class. Yeah. And it's odd because it's Ashton versus Keenan versus Bob, but Keenan's not yeah. in the meet because he's a guest lifter. Yeah, we can't factor him into the predictions. By the way, guys, by the way, we can't. That's. If you hear Keenan not mention top three, that's why. Yeah, I still Shut did up. some predictions for him because we're kind of looking at like maybe like pro series stuff, but I, we're not really going to do all that. But yeah, Ashton versus Bob, that's it. Well, then you have kind of a battle for third with with uh, David Grant and Preston. But who do you take, Ashton versus Bob? Uh, yeah, it's it's the the biggest thing I want to see more than I mean they're both two of my favorite lifters. I just want to see them both live up to the potential. Because yeah, they really haven't have that meat. either had that meat. Ashton had a lot of variables last year, and I think that just didn't allow him to have it. Bob had a weird VA pro, and then for the Arnold, he tried to cut, and it didn't work, but now yeah. he's not going to cut. So I very much expect more consistency from Bob. I really expect – I expect Ashton and Bob both to finally have really, really solid meets because I think everything's in line for it to happen. Ashton's back in Texas. The training intensity is there. With Bob – we shouldn't have the variable to wake up, but I will say, I mean, he's been noting this. He hit, he, he, he took a run at that like thousand kilo total a couple months back and he kind of just crushed himself. 
it took him. He's still kind of seemingly trying to recover from that where his training looks good, but it never, it, it kind of didn't quite fully get momentum. Then you got Ashton who was putting up insane numbers, but kind of tweaked his back a little bit. So that is the one thing. Neither of them are coming in, I think like truly a hundred percent. But with that said, not a hundred percent for both of them for me is a nine seventy plus kilo total. Yeah. Um, did Ash delete his Instagram? No, no. I think he did recently. He just blocked you. Your douche. Did he? I just haven't been on. Sorry. Did he block you? No, that would be hilarious. That would be Ash, so Ash, funny. Ashton, please, please block Angelo ASAP, just so that please. we can say you blocked him. Oh, there he is, Ash. Yeah. Okay. I was yeah, just wondering. He sometimes does it. I, I just, you know what it is? I haven't spoke to him in a while. So I just assumed he it's deleted assumed his Instagram. He, like, deleted yeah, I, I do. I do speak to him quite a bit. I was just wondering. He, he does do this on occasion, close to meets, where he just deactivates his Instagram, not deletes, just deactivates. It. I was just wondering because I have not spoke to him in a while. Um, but all right. Um, yeah, mess, yeah, Ash is messing with me. It's, it's fine. Um, but yeah, going into this meet, this is. I think, to me, the battle of the year. It, am, am I wrong in saying that? No, I, would, I agree. Yeah, I would go Asher and Bob limit. based on just how they lift and how, I mean, what they're moving, uh, then the personalities of the two, the cool storyline of both being on the same team. Um, 93s is up there, like, for me, like, battle of the year, 93s. But this, to me, is just must-watch powerlifting. And yeah, if they, it's it, yeah, it's not on prime time, but it's much watched powerlifting. It's on the weekend at least. If, if they both hit lifts, it's going to be the best matchup of the year. That's the biggest thing is we just really haven't seen them both hitting lifts in a hundred percent. And if they do, it's the matchup of the year guaranteed. I mean, we should have Keenan in the same one, which is going to be super cool. Well, again, they're they're kind of I think in their own heads they're all going against each other because I think Ashton and Bob are both competitive enough to where if oh, Keenan yeah. was to out total them, if, even if he's not, they would say that Keenan won. If Keenan if Keenan so. wins, that'll definitely. I mean, yeah, I I, I think powerlifting as a whole would kind of just recognize like Keenan won, and you know it doesn't matter if you see that podium picture like Keenan won. Keenan won nationals. That would be the yeah. the actual like graphic and uh, and, and like storyline. Because let's, let me let me check and make sure. Let's see if they're all in the same point. Uh, a, a Korean won. A random Korea guy. A random Korean guy won U.S. national. So yes, they're all in the same flight, and they're all in the morning session. I was looking. The Rondell's in the afternoon session, so they're not. Rondell won't be in the same okay. one with them. So. Uh, and I've got Keenan, so I've got Ashton at nine seventy seven and a half. I've got Bob at nine seventy, and I've got Keenan at nine sixty five, which basically is is a wash. Like that, you could all say they're around nine seventy ish. Uh, I, it's it's just a, a hit or miss. I mean, I, Who, it, it's a it's a really tough it's a tough one because well, let me let me give you a question then without, or maybe you're about to get here, but let me give you a question and possibly make this easier. Who do you trust the most? I think, I think. Ashton for the reason that he has been in these battles consistently throughout the years. But like this is this yeah, is he has this but is nothing new to him. It's not new to Bob either, I don't think. I'm about to say is Bob not battle? Like, I think Bob has been in Bob enough had, battles no, at I, this point. What name name the 
no nationals. Name it doesn't matter. So that doesn't Bobby's to me that doesn't matter. One as uh, speaking from a competitor's perspective. Speaking from a competitor's perspective, I can't differentiate between nationals and the Arnold. Like the Arnold Pro Finals, I felt the same amount of pressure on myself as I did at nationals, and that wasn't a head-to-head battle. It was just me wanting to hit my lifts. Like I think when the stage is there and you know people are watching that's that added pressure that you're putting on yourself maybe as opposed to like a local meet but i even think that if you're a top level lifter you feel pressure no matter what you do you feel pressure to perform so to me like if there's a situation of head-to-head pressure first pressure that's a wash to me too i i think all these guys at this side has known the feeling i i do want to like start maybe speaking out more on the national stage or the world stage, and if you're a top-level lifter, the pressure's always on you. Always on you to perform. So I'm saying like... I agree there. Yeah, I'm okay. still saying Ashton has more experience, though, in that. I say okay. it's enough experience to be a wash between the two. Yeah. Because Bob, it's like everything he's been doing recently has been huge meets. Virginia Pro, Nationals, Arnold, Virginia Pro again. It's like every meet he does is no... This, no throwaway. You're gonna be hidden in a meet. And if you're if you're Bob Ash or Keenan, you can't hide. You are unhideable now. Like I would, I would throw David Wilson in there too. If you're a certain, if you're a person in the sport, you can't hide. Dominique Falqu- uh, Fuqua in 90 kilos. He did a meet that like, oh, he's not a big name in powerlifting. He's a very good lifter, but he's not a big name. He kind of like snuck on the radar. If any one of those guys did that same meet, they would not have snuck on the radar. Everyone would have been watching, and everyone would have known the results. If you didn't announce it, people would know exactly what you did because they would have saw lifting cast. Somebody at the meet would have texted their friends like, "Holy shit! I didn't know Ash was doing this meet." They would text people the roster. You can't hide if you're the, these guys. And to me, that's as a lifter, the 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 actual pressure that you experience. It's not so much people watching you; it's more so you have to perform at all times. I was just asking who's hitting lifts. That's what I, who do you yeah. trust more hitting lifts? Like, yeah, I'm still saying Ashton. I mean, I'm I, gonna go with Bob on that one, but it's hard because they both like they both can miss lifts sometimes, and like you know, I would, like who's more consistent? They both kind of miss a lift every meet or two. You know, you know what the like, crazy thing is, Bob? I, I, or Steve? I would have said Bob last year at nationals because I've seen like I. I've seen him overreach, but then I saw a little, you know, some technical things on his deadlift where I'm like, oh, he just, he's having a hard time finding it these days. Where now Ashton, I'm like, Ashton, I think is purely overreaching sometimes where I think he has a number where he can safely hit, but he overreaches a lot, which causes him to have these eight for nine, seven for nine meets or six for nine meets even that we see. Yeah. Because frankly, they haven't. This is where I'm still going to somewhat disagree with the head-to-head stuff. They really haven't gone truly head-to-head of maybe the VA Pro because yeah. they didn't compete last year. They were just singular, and they really weren't. I mean, both of them didn't really have any competition. They kind of competed at the VA Pro against each other. The Arnold, I would argue they were not competing against each other. They were, but they weren't. Ashton wanted to break the record bob wanted to break dots they literally had entirely different goals of what they wanted to do and so they they kind of weren't 
going against each other. So it's a bit different when you're actually pulling against each other head to head, where I don't think Ashton's going to reach for a total. He's just going to try and beat Bob. Bob's not going to reach for a dots. He's just going to try and beat Ashton. I think this is truly the first time we're going to see them go head to head. No, you're, you're, no, you're, you're hundred percent right. This is the, that's why it's, that's why this battles the premier battle, I think of the year, if they both do this and, and also throwing in Keenan on top of this as well. That's what makes this, to me, the best matchup of the year is because this is going to be a true head-to-head between them. And I, I think that'll cause potentially no overreaching where I think both of them have done it because they're trying to chase these insane dot scores as opposed to just trying to beat each other on a total. So, uh, granted, like this will give you that potential. Um, it's... I, I, yeah, I agree that I, I, I do think both of them are, even though I think most people will consider them really good meat day executioners, just because they're lifting heavy weights and executing it and being like the best lifters in the USAPL. I think they're better than people actually give them credit for because like being at those meets, I'm like, they're just trying to do a lot. <laughs> they're just trying to extend things yeah. because of no, I- I think both of them are because so many of the recent meets they've done has been for some kind of goal total that they've overreached for. I mean, Ashton's best meet ever was arguably the 2021 VA Pro, and it could have been even better, but he just kind of YOLO'd a deadlift because he already won. Yeah. Like, neither of them have really had a meet where they had to be in the pocket in a really long time, and I honestly think it's going to bring the best out of them execution-wide where they're actually going to hit less because neither of them are someone that, I mean, Ashton doesn't have any weird things. He tends he hits depth. He's, he's probably going to conventional deadlift. His bench is pretty darn normal. Bob does some, I mean, he... He has a high arch, but it's not like a, a like one that he tends to miss on technicalities. It, the only one that is that is is Bob's deadlift can sometimes be a little finicky, but I'm really not going to count it in the same way as I see other people. They're both people who hit lifts when they're not trying to overreach, and I don't think they're going to try to. I think they're both going to hit lifts. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And no one cuts, so it's going to be fun. Yeah. Bob definitely has to stop the cutting thing. Yeah, nailed it. It was kind of cool. It was cool last year when I saw him do it, but I'm like, at this point, just let's see how much of the weight you can lift. Yeah, like it was cool until he missed two benches, and I said, okay, never mind. Yeah. Just... Oh yeah, of course. I mean, that's that's the that's when you don't want to see it. Um, I mean the lone the lone gentleman on the prime time is David Wilson, right? I was gonna say, yeah, we had David yeah. by himself by prime time. Um, uh, classic which, Dave Wilson. Kinda... Load up a thousand yeah. pounds. Well, that one's kind of that. That one's odd because I, if I honestly, so David. I mean, David is one of my favorite lifters. I've said yeah. this like seventeen times in this podcast, but whatever. David Big time, is David. David Wilson fans. A, we are huge David Wilson fans, but I don't think his training hasn't been fantastic. He's had a lot yeah, going on. Yeah, a lot year, going on, and he he's kind of taken a little bit of a step back. His training looks good. It just hasn't looked the same momentum as some of the meets he was um, going into last year. Yeah, potentially where, winning. Like last year, he yeah. was trying to win. Going for the win, yeah. Preston Savoy, I think, could put up a total that David has to pull something. If they were both in prime time, I, I, it could be really close. The The benefit here is David is going to be able to know what he needs to load. But I think that is close. Uh, Grant Iverson's in that picture, too. He hasn't posted much, and he competed in April. I kind of have a hard time kind of projecting where he's at. But if I'm looking at like being able to go 80, 80 plus. So if you're looking at nominations, Preston looks weird with only 850. He did 885 
at equipped nationals lifting raw. But it doesn't count because he was he was equipped, but he did no equipment. He just lifted raw, and I think he got second place and almost won lifting raw, and he did 885. So Preston has done 885. Preston tends to hit lifts too. Uh, outside of a little bit of a finicky deadlift, he tends to hit lifts. I, I, I Based on the fact that I don't know where David's going to be, especially on squat, it sounds like he's actually rehabbing his pec on bench, and I haven't seen the same big deadlifts. I, I, I think Preston could actually possibly get third in this. Yeah, I I would agree with you on that one. So Preston, yeah, kinda, Preston or Grant. So we'll see on that one. But like I said, it's gonna be interesting because only David's in prime time. He's just gonna kind of be in there on his own. Um, he'll know what he needs to do, and he's gonna load it up. I'm zero doubt he's gonna load it up. He's not gonna not try and place third. That's what he does. So wait, like Preston's not in prime time. Yeah. Preston and Grant are not in prime time. Only David is. Very strange thing because it I have been probably Ash. Keenan, Bob, and David, right? And then they've all opted not to do prime time. Aside from David. Keenan was not because he's a guest lifter. So yeah. Ashton, Bob, and David. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because Ryan Bell's not doing it. Ashton and Bob moved out. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. yeah. But. Okay. All right, want to do the thing? We'll see, though. Yeah. Okay. Steve, you said you're just going to start it out. So just do it from okay. now on. I'll just keep going. I'm good with it. Okay, I'm going Ashton first. I either or could go. I, I just want to see both of them have an insane meet. That's all I want to see. I just want to see everything we've hoped for come to fruition and see both yes. of them truly battle it out, go 970 plus, and just freaking smash it. As well as Keenan, obviously, in this picture, too, of all of them just smashing it. And I think they all can. Obviously, Keenan does have the fact that he does have to travel over here. And that, that is tough in the fact that he is a bigger guy. We saw that somewhat affect him a little bit with, uh, with Nationals a bit. I think he probably, or not Ashles Arnold. So I think he probably learned from that. So I think he can come in here and be a bit better on that end and then not affect him as much, knowing kind of the variables he needs to account for there. Um, but Ashton first, Bob second, Preston third. All right. I'm going to give Bob first. I will give Ashton second. I will give Grant third. That would be huge for Grant. That would be. I will go Ashton first, Bob second, and David Wilson third. All right. All right. And now 125 kilo men. And I love, again, this is an awesome, awesome weight class. And it's a little bit of an overshadow with Rondell Hunt. Uh, pulled, I think, 904 clean today. I... Yeah. I'm, I'm white lighting that lift and Rhonda Hunt might be on the precipice of just having a performance that puts him into the conversation of best lifters. I mean, he's already in the conversation of best lifters in the world right now, but he's on the same. It just feels like at times he gets not mentioned as much as well, the other. It's four a lot of times his his comparison, and it's a good comparison since they're close when you're looking at dot scores, is like him versus Bob versus Ash versus Keenan. And I think maybe he isn't put in the same pedestal as Bob and Ash. On numbers, I've got Rondell beating them all on dots. I think of all of those lifters, I am the most confident about Rondell having a super meet. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. Like, training looks nuts right now. That 904 did not look like a max lift. 
Um, the biggest thing for him that I think might, if there's something that might hold him back, is the fact that he doesn't have competition and he might overreach. I hope he just yeah. kind of stays in the pocket and hits lifts because if he hits lifts, I think he's second to Perk on dots, and I think he beats Ashton and Bob on dots. Yeah. So, with that said, though, he's obviously not. That was actually so an interesting thing. He was actually part of the roster until recently because his membership is with me is states he's from new york but they went and changed it and made him a guest lifter because he's not from new york um so it's jared martin versus brandon dudley versus devin williams it's really those three jared martin's got to be the heavy favorite we never know anything about jared martin though because he doesn't post uh i don't have the inside information anymore because my old inside information doesn't lift at that gym anymore to let me know what jared's doing but i have to think jared is the favorite He's done 950 plus multiple times. Brandon and Devin aren't going to be probably furling with 950. Like they're probably going to be flirting in that 930-ish range. So Jared's got to be the favorite here. And I have no insight of what he's going to do outside of the fact that he did 963 at the Arnold. And I figure he can do 963 again. His training's continually been better and better every meet. Like he's really seemed to hit a stride over the last like year and a half. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That, that battle there from second to third is what's really getting me excited. Brandon Dudley, Devin Williams, throw Jared Martin in the mix, you know, at the kind of just leading the pack there. I'm excited for that. That is going to be an absolute clash of the Titans that I'm excited for. And also the the good thing about it is they're both sports guys and they understand competition. And I like that. I like guys who understand that they're athletes. (laughs) Sounds weird, but occasionally I think some of the younger lifters avoid doing nationals and doing these big meets because they don't know that they're going to win. Not these two gentlemen. They're going after it, and they're going to try to podium. Brandon's already a pro. Devin's looking to become a pro. This is going to be a battle. Yeah, and they're just polar opposites. Subtotal versus... Oh, I shouldn't say Devin's not a deadlifter, but I mean... Uh, I mean, Brandon's Brandon's the deadlifter. Got the deadlift. Devin, Devin's a good deadlifter, yeah. but Brandon's the deadlifter. Which Brandon's got the deadlift. He's got, a, got the bench. He's got such a monster deadlift in Phil Rondell. Might have the best deadlift of all time, potentially at this meet. Yeah, and, and looking at training, Devin's training looks good. This is just my insight. Devin's training looks good, but I just wasn't getting the same momentum that I saw in the Arnold. I don't know if you saw that as well, Solana, when you did the research. Like when I saw the Arnold, everything was like huge lift after huge lift after huge lift. Maybe he's hiding some of it, and I'm not just not seeing as much. I just didn't see as much of that. Um, with that said, pretty much what I said in my notes is I'm pretty much going to take what I think he could have done at the Arnold and say he's going to do that because I still think that's very very doable. I just haven't seen a huge uptick from there versus Brandon. Every single time he posts, he seems to be getting stronger. Uh, I mean, he did that 350 kilo squat in August, and that was like it just yeah. You, you, you thought he had a great TBS, and then he just does more. Yep, pretty much everything he says, Steve. Like he hit that beautiful 350 squat. Um, Devin, he's not posting as much as he was for his last meet, so I kind of just projected him for what I thought he'd do there. But that's really what I have for these two. And then we yeah, he wants to pronounce his name. Ila Terrio Montalvo. Come on, okay. Angelo. This is your, this is your, this is your specialty. It is? Yeah, this is where this you come in. This is not an Italian yeah, you, name, by you, the way, guys. Well, I failed <laughs> earlier. Just, just do it in an Italian accent. It'll be close enough. Ila Montalvo. 
Yeah, perfect. Good. Yes. Yeah. I'll take it. He we'll take it. <laughs> we have him, and then we also have Isaac Whistler, uh, who... Isaac, I saw 347.5, deadlift, that was tough. That was back in April. Um, I didn't see any benches, and he's not really posting his squats that show us like what he's really doing. I saw like 300, 305 a lot. Um, so I have him around 860-ish total. And then for Elotario, I have him close to like a 900 total here. Um, I saw a 330 squat. I saw a 320 by two deadlift. But I did see, in my opinion, his shoulders were not locked out fully for deadlifts. And then for squat, I did see also 320 by two that moved really well before 330. So some upticks, but they're not quite in the running for like top three. The one thing I just saw, I didn't realize this Rondell is in prime time. Just FYI. I see. I Wait, how does that wasn't. work? Why? He, 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 I'm not, he is in prime time, though. I just saw that. Okay. But still, why does that. I'm not sure how, how that works. Can't... Keenan must Keenan just opt not to do primetime too, then? That, that he must, probably yeah, is. Yeah, he it. probably opted not to do primetime. Okay, yeah, because I was thinking, like, Rondell has no reason not to. But all right. I mean, that's yeah, good. Rondell, Rondell because now you get time. a, you know, a okay. live stream and possibly a lot of people watching potentially the highest deadlift in raw drug tested history. Yep. So that's pretty cool. All right. Prediction time, Jared Martin first. I think he's going to be really hard to beat as well. as He doesn't really miss list. He's super consistent. I'm going Brandon second. Uh, he's just got the deadlift, and he's, he's he tends to hit lifts too, and I don't know what the what plus ultra end, top end is to his deadlift after how easy 384 moves. So I very much, and he's going to have the possibility of American, because Rondell can break the world record. He can't break the American record, though, so De- Brandon can still chip whatever he wants to be able to beat Devin, and that's a huge advantage, too. So, I got Brandon in second, Devin in third. All right, mine, mine is honestly a repeat. So, Jared first, also Brandon second. His delif is too high for me to give him third. And then Devin, I'm giving third. Yeah, I'm going to repeat there. I'm giving Brandon the, the nod. He is a teammate of mine, but also... I, I'm not counting out Devin at all, though. Um, especially Brandon. I mean, he has competed more recently. Um, and anyone on this uh, roster here, um, and Devin is not. So we'll see if that, um, you know, affects Brandon's performance. And uh, Devin has had a pretty good layoff there. Um, in between, also just looking forward to see the, you know, guy that I love, Isaac Whistler, compete. Awesome seeing him back at Nationals. We had a great time in Daytona. Can't wait to see him in Memphis. His, right. His friends had a great time in Daytona, too, if I remember that correctly. Hmm? <laughs> His friends had a great time in Daytona, too. Isaac's friends, and yeah, if I remember that correctly. Good good story uh, about that one. But that was that was post-Leffler Bros. Uh, little cocktail party. Yeah, went, that went hard. I don't know the story, but I, that, I, I don't know the story, but I remember that cocktail. Party. Yeah, that, that cocktail went hard. Party. That went hard for some people. Some people can't handle the Luffler Bros uh, cocktail party. Yeah. That's the best ad read. We had the best no. uh, hotel <laughs> hotel bar shindigs in powerlifting. All right, one forty kilos. The big boys. Yeah, uh, Michael Astrologo, I think is the runaway favorite here. Uh, 
on top of the fact that like I, I see some pretty significant increases on his deadlift. I mean, that alone, like if you look at nominations, it could be decently close, but the fact that like his best elephant competition, or at least last competition last uh, June, he did 322 and he's done 335 in training. Um, and squat looks great. Bench, like, I mean, he hit 227.5 in his last meet. He hit 242.5 for a single. So I think he's got to be the runaway favorite for first. And then it really comes down to honestly, who second and third. And it's between, for me, it's between Carrington and Alejandro. That's going to be super close. And the difference for me, Simple enough is Carrie's pole. Yep, that's what I'd say. He's got more. If, if, it's be, if, if it's becoming a trend, it's for a reason. If you got the big pole and it's a close battle, we're probably I'm going to pick you. Like it's just it's just the weapon. It's it's becoming a huge huge weapon in powerlifting to have that big pole, even more so than I think it used to be. Yeah, it always because used to be, but so, now it's big, bigger. Yeah, because it used to be people used to like it, we had. Before, we had a lot, probably more specialists, I would say, and now you really have to be a well-rounded lifter, and if you're a well-rounded lifter and you have the pull, it's the trump card. Yeah. That's that's the difference now is, like, you, you can no longer, uh, unless you're Ina, Ina is probably the main outlier I could still think of, like, is... Good squat, though. Deadlift is such a... He has a good squat, but it's 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 not quite... that. He, he yeah, really it's, not, it's has, not quite on par with the top guys, Yeah, but... Yeah, I know. I, I understand uh, what you're saying. I, he would be my example too of like the yeah. deadlift. But outside of him, outside of him, you really can't just be a specialist anymore. But if you have the trump card deadlift, it's it's the secret weapon, and and Carrington's got that. So because of that, I give him the nod in this battle. Yeah, and I think if there's someone that could kind of fight with them and get close, I think they're on the outside looking in. Is Josh Price? I think he is who I have is the the possible person. Now, with that said, Chris Appia and William O'Neill White couldn't find IG and couldn't see posts, so I really just don't have anything to hype there. That's why I see, can see Josh, I can see Carrie, I can see Alejandro a little bit. I see where they're at. So I've got Carrington, Alejandro, and then Josh. If people are missing having that chance to move in, because he's he's got a massive, massive squat. Yeah, um, pretty much, pretty much did to what you said. I didn't see as much for Alejandro. I basically saw that one post that had like a million lifts at once, and none of them had numbers. So I had a hard time getting all the numbers for him. But overall, though, um, Michael definitely a runaway favorite, pretty much. Even though my only question mark was like his deadlift and look fully locked out to me, but that is just my opinion. That's always too dirty. Um, Alejandro, I saw some lifts not a lot. Carrington, I did see some decent lifts off 320, 210, and 382.5, so a 912 total. I gave him some bump offs from that to give him like a 922, 925 total. Josh, also, I found a big squat, moved very well, didn't see any other lifts, so. All right. That's what I got here. Yeah. Yeah, kind of going into it in that. Not as familiar with the uh, the other lifters here. My, Michael Astrologo, member from last year, absolute unit. Gotta love Carrington. Big carry. Big carry with the pull. Um, those are the, I mean, a carry is the guy I think I could just get better scouting on. He's kind of the guy who like stays relatively active with the sports and posts things. Um, so, going to be interesting. But I, right. I don't know. I'm, I'm really time. looking to, two to three because I think 
yeah, I think one number one's wrapped up pretty nicely. Yep. So yeah, number one, I got Michael Asper logo. Number two, I'm giving the nod to Carrie with the big pole, and then number three, Alejandro Wickham. Yep. Are we? Are we all gonna have the same thing? So I'm gonna do something different. I'm gonna copy. I'll do something. I'll yeah, do copy something paste different. mine, Steve. Slada. Okay. I'll go Michael because he's he's ahead, but I will do Alejandro second and Carrington third. All righty. All right, now to the supers. Supers. All right. It's really just a three horse battle. Uh, really are separated from everyone else, and it's Nathan Redwing, who is a, a new name. I don't think I've ever awesome name too. Before. Great name. Yeah, I, I never <laughs> co- we never cover him on this show before. Uh, and then the rebattle of Josh Longoria versus Lorenzo Barnes that we had last year. Mm-hmm. So it's it's yes. Nathan Josh Lorenzo, and really kind of playing that out again. Uh, I think based on what I see. Uh, I feel like Nathan and Josh have separated themselves a little bit. Uh, maybe if you look at totals, I don't, I don't see either of them having a big jump. I don't from what they did, but enough of a jump to where that they're kind of separated from Lorenzo. And it's kind of a one, two there with Nathan versus Josh. Now where I'm going to give the nod again, I don't have much information on Nathan, but I looked at, uh, uh, he just did regionals. That's kind of, that's the last meet he did. Uh, I think it was central regionals had a great meet, but, Attempt selection didn't hurt him at regionals. It would have hurt him in a battle, though. I think he went six for nine, and he missed all of his thirds. And when you're in a close battle, you can't do that. And Josh has been in these kind of situations before. He tends to make his list. He doesn't really have a lift that has a big question mark that I think he's going to yeah. be iffy on. Could he, is he going to get technicalities? So because of that, I got them super close. I've actually got Nathan probably – I've got him projected two and a half over. My issue there is just the fact that, like – it, it, that would be him making better attempt selection. If he can do that, I think he can win it. But I trust the execution from Josh a bit more in this situation, especially since he prevailed last year in a very similar situation against Lorenzo. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I have to agree with the attempt selection for Nathan. I think he missed seven for nine, got a third squat, but missed second. Okay. And, uh, missed his third bench and missed his third deadlift. Uh, but even the squat, it looked like he had a little bit more, even though, you know, when it comes to supers that, like, I don't know about, like, I feel like they bounced out the hole, like the squat looks really good, but like you add a little more weight and all of a sudden, maybe yeah. not. But I still thought he had more in the squat. So, and then like the seconds, again, attempt selection, like it looked like he maybe had like two and a half more on the seconds and then he overshot on the thirds. So if you can, can adjust the attempt selection, I don't know who coach, you know who coached him? By chance, anyone? Mm-hmm. No? All right. So no. who knows who the coach will be? That's going to be important <laughs> for battling. But yeah, I definitely do trust Josh with his training coaching and attempt selection yeah and i do have them both separate i have lorenzo wait did you ask like two coaches nathan yeah i'm looking it up right now to see if i can find out i don't know yeah nathan Nathan, though is angelo's favorite lifter or should be yeah the the first first post on uh the most recent post on uh nathan's page is him and uh doing wrestling i'm surprised not more powerlifters or wrestlers Right, like, especially the heavyweight guys. Like, I, I just thought that maybe that'll be more of a thing. Like, I'm just gonna try professional wrestling. Yeah, it makes me wonder about his last name. It's like I need to be a professional wrestler because my last name is Redwing, and that is a badass last name to have. 
Um, or he legally changed it to Red Wing like a lot of professional wrestlers do. Um, so that's sweet. Uh, yeah. Josh, yeah, I've, I've seen a lot of his competitions. Same thing with Lorenzo. I trust both of them to hit their lifts and be relatively consistent. Um, one note from here just on Josh, I got to stop calling him Evan. I think during that Rising Tide meet, I called him Evan Longoria like 7,000 times. And it's because I keep on just thinking about the Tampa Bay Rays former third baseman Evan Longoria. Is that, is that your baseball man crush? No, it's just weird. I don't know because I he was a good player, but I didn't really care for him that much. I just I, I just think, keep I on calling him Evan not. Longoria because I never met a Longoria. And there and there was that uh, that lady on uh, Desperate Housewives, Eva. Eva Longoria. So yeah, all right. So yeah. that's so it's two Longorias, and they both have very similar names. So the Jack thing throws me off. Um, Josh is better looking than both of them. Uh, yeah, I, I do. I like Josh in this battle. Um, I mean, yeah, just going back from last year and also just knowing how Josh lifts, he's a guy that, you know, you have those potential of big lifts, but also he's smart enough to know like second attempt, did it move well? We're going to take this on our third. We're going to stay in the competition. Saw it at pretty much every meet that I've either commentated or just watched. Yeah, I think he stays consistent yeah, because of that deadlift. He he has the competitive advantage over Lorenzo. Yes, I will be looking forward to Lorenzo's squat. Very big squatter. Yeah. I have him projected. He hit 365 at like an all-out 10 in training. So yeah. I'm excited for that because last meet was 350. So that's a big jump. Yeah. And Well, the big thing is, well, I, I won't even fully count out Lorenzo. His big if is always deadlift. He hit 317 at last year's Nats, but that was a pretty big jump, and it, it just comes down to the hitch. It comes down to the big heavyweight and kind of getting stuck on the thighs. If he was able to do 365 and 317, that gets him in that 900 range. I, think, I still think that's tough, and I think Nathan and Josh would have to miss something, but uh, he would just really need to have a perfect meet. Yeah. Well, if things get really bad for Nathan, he can just go heal and then just get the baby powder and just like throw it in the lifter's eyes. Uh, professional wrestler, like just blind them beforehand, or low blow them when the ref is like get get all the judges distracted and just low blow one of the lifters before their deadlifts. That'll get the people going. Hit someone with a chair. Yes. Yeah. Do it. That's never been done in nationals. I don't think. The most wrestling thing that ever. The most someone someone has. Well, no one's hit someone with a chair, but a chair has hurt someone, kind of. There was a chair and a barrier that someone tried to jump over. And I was, they, they I was about to say, I think I have the most professional wrestling moment of all nationals. I, that, yeah, was, that was a spot. That was a wrestling spot right there. Um, speaking of chairs, what, um, Jesus Oliveras once completely destroyed a chair after Pablo's squat, I think at Texas Strength Classic. And if that would have made contact with someone, I am certain they would have died. If that would, if that chair would have like been like contacted to someone's head, there they would have just either that or permanent CTE for the rest of their life. That was a powerful moment, and Pablo was actually supposed to be on this roster. He he, he pulled out about eight weeks ago. He would have. He probably would have been the favorite too if that yeah. was the case. So. Yep. All right. All right. Let's do it. I got Josh, Nathan, and Lorenzo for my three. All right. Solana? All right. I got Josh. I'm going to 
Yeah, Josh, Nathan, Lorenzo. I'm going to go Josh, Lorenzo, Nathan. All right. Okay. Well, to wrap it up, then, we got to pick our daily winners of who's going to take home those cash yes. prizes. That one should be relatively so, easy, right? It should. Based I, on I'm our, go uh, based on our victors? Agree. Yeah. I mean, day one. Well, this will be a little different because day one, we had some different winners. I had Morgan, so therefore oh, okay, I'm going yeah, yeah. Morgan. You guys had Dan. So you guys got to go Dan. Yeah. Day two, we're all going Perkins, I assume. Yeah. Day three, we're all going Petrie. And then day four, that's a big toss-up. I'm going Rondell. I'm going Rondell, too. Wait, so he's allowed to win that? I don't know. Ah, shit. But no. Gosh, forgot yeah, about that. Thanks, Solana, for ruining oh, yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's me. Yeah, it was, it's this so is your me. fault, not the USAPL, right. by the way. Okay, let's say Rondell, I guess, can't be in it. Uh, then then Ashton, Ash. if I'm picking Ashton. Yeah, it's, it's Ash for me, then Bob for you, Solana. Yep, Bob. All right. Okay, overall best lifter, though, Perk. Perk, I'm going. yeah, I, I can. He's so underrated these days. <laughs> Oh my yeah, God. he's going to break out. I think he's going to break out lifter of the year this year. Yeah, probably. Get <laughs> some respect on his name. Top nominated. Actually, yeah, it pisses me off that I didn't think about this. Shit. Well, it's, yeah, too late. We done. The, we should have just done two White Lights Awards and then just rewarded Austin Perkins, the most underrated lifter of the year, every single year. Well, yeah, just so make up the award the and then just keep on saying it's him. We'll do it this year then. I'll add it right we now. We can't do. I just told you the the punchline. I'm about to say you can't. <laughs> or the no, Austin or the Austin Perkins Award, <laughs> the Austin Perkins Award for best for most underrated lifter. We just named the title after him. Oh, that could work. <laughs> All right. Well, is he gonna? Is he? What? I got he? one more breaking news. What this, is it? Uh, this is update from the women's side. Caitlin Barry has dropped. Oh, actually, I'm more. I expected that more than Avi. I know she was pretty banged up, but it just was clear she probably wasn't training for nationals. Yeah. So okay, we might have more. There's yeah, Jesus more Christ! Run. Be, uh, hopefully, this doesn't happen on the men's side. The only this will be. Yeah, I don't think. I don't think. It's I don't think it's going to. Side. I think there. I think there's one more person on the female side that they we'll see we'll yeah. see they drop. Well, um, we'll find out eventually sean jin we didn't mention him on the 82s but that was a pretty big dropout oh yeah yeah sean jin dropped out but we knew that obviously before it's really nice like it's a good thing when you actually let the roster know because sometimes people are not letting i was the usapl know when they drop i was almost in the same boat about two weeks ago so where i'm like i gotta have a good week of training what were you saying you weren't going to let the USAPL? No, I was going to let the, I was going to let everyone know. Yeah, I was going to message oh, whoever I needed. I to. thought you just live up to the inconvenience name. Oh, uh, I should have actually. Yeah, uh, I actually forgot about that one. But yeah, I should have been. I should have thought about that. But yeah, luckily, luckily I had one good week of training where I'm like, okay, I at least I could battle. But yep. All right. Well, that'll do it. We're closer, ladies and gentlemen. Who knows? Maybe similar to last year, we might have one more podcast if we have time. Uh, all of us are very busy, but 
we do have some time from now to Nationals and maybe some last-minute storylines. We do have – we are going to miss the last big pushes here from our lifters on, you know, what they can possibly do. So that'll do it. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you guys next time. Peace.